Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome to Rabbit in Red Radio. I am John Spooky Rhodes. Yeah. And with me as always is Mike. Why am I still here? Sankovich. Mike. Oh my God. You dropped the Michael J. moniker. Um, you know, it's sad because tonight for the, 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 the reviews, I'm really only present on one. I guess we should tell the people that now. Is that but, sad, though? I mean, really? I mean, well, you do have some <laughs> people on for the other ones. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, a special little episode. It, it's our uh, big send-off to the Slasher Summer. Slasher Summer finale, bitch! Yeah. So we decided to kind of go out with a bang, and uh, we are, instead of covering one film, or even two like we did for Joe Bob... We are covering three films, and we have uh, some nice guests along with us to review said films. Um, as Mike alluded to, uh, he's going to be a little absent for some of them. Mm-hmm. Some, yes, yes. No. And uh, how the hell did you pick the one film that, in all honesty, could be just cut from this altogether what one to be I the pick? one that you are on um i think it's because i had the availability to watch it <laughs> so i i'm that. sorry <laughs> uh yeah you said you were sorry um and we'll we'll get into that you know when that segment i don't want to spoil it here uh let people listen um which is why i'm not making that the first review either this will be the um, or that will be the middle review. So, you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I just, I made it a point to sit there and watch it. And I did watch it. Um, nudity wasn't bad in it, I'll give it that. Uh, I enjoyed some some small pities. Uh, they, they were very enjoyable. Um, I think A-Cups. When you say so, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Are you I've mostly about? exercised the film completely from my mind. Wow. Um, and you I actually had to watch it nudity. twice. 
You watched it twice. Wow. Well, I watched it once because we were gearing up and things got delayed. Right. And um, the film's so memorable, but when we got around to actually record that segment, yeah, I had completely forgotten almost everything about it, except how bad it was. Wow. So I had to watch it again. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, that to me is kind of like... Uh, I will say that, that, that I have made... I think I have made some better films than it. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm very discriminatory. I think out of the 30 some odd films that I've made, there's only like a handful that I believe are really, really good. Um, and I think that handful that I think are wait, really, wait, wait. really you, good. You, you believe are really, really good. Yes. Like, I enjoy like, all my films. But like you, you, yeah. you would compare it to actual films that have, been released yes because my films had i gotten proper distribution they would have all been released you sir are insane i'm just saying that now i just i've i've seen what you consider to be the best of your work and um you have not really really you have not um actually um Vincent Paul of Accurately Unstable, formerly of Rabbit and Red, has one of the films that I consider to be my best work. Um, or my second, Camp on Nightmare 6 is, I feel, a very strong piece of work. Um, there is a spousal abuse film that I made the year before that called No More Tears, which I basically rewrote the script <laughs> for and directed. Um <laughs> <laughs> that, I feel, is one of my strongest dramatic pieces. Um, there was a rape scene during it that was very difficult to shoot. Um, yeah, I imagine. I, how, how could you rape somebody while supporting yourself with canes? No, it wasn't me. It was the... It was. Um, oh, you got raped? No, oh my god, I need no, to see this no. now, Mike. No, no, but... Um, I No, but I was laughing during the rape scene, so we had to do multiple takes on that. Um... There's another scene where the where the woman gets um, um, smacked, just like from out of nowhere, just like smacked across the face, and I was not expecting like her face to just like bounce like that when she got slapped. So I started laughing, and I could not take that out of the film because it was the only good take that we did. And plus, after we shot like a heavy scene like that where she would be abused, she would really like get emotional and like start crying afterwards. So. Really, she wasn't any good to us after that for the night. So, Jesus Christ, Michael. <sighs> I so, shot it in about three weeks. It's 92 minutes long. It's, 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 it's a very good, um, you know, very strong piece of filmic work for myself. Yeah, anyway. Yes. Uh, as for tonight, as we said, it's a very special one. We have uh, some special guests with us. And actually, I don't feel like letting you know who. You're going to have to listen to the uh, different reviews to see who's actually with us or probably so, just read the actual post. Well, are you saying, should I write it in the post or should I not write it in the post? Well, I admit that the big finale was my idea, man. I, it's it's become a bit daunting in all honesty because... You know, we're doing the three reviews, um, not just that, but it, it's scheduling the different people, making sure it works, um, then watching the film, sometimes multiple times, 
fucking piece of shit. Um, <laughs> getting all the notes and actually doing the research past that of seeing if the release is the superior one and, you know, checking into the other releases and shit that's out there. So right. it's going to be nice when Slasher Summer is over. Um, it's going to be nice to do at least one regular episode before we dive into uh, uh, Halloween. So, uh, slasher. So you want to do slasher fall? <laughs> no, I, what I'm, I'm just saying, it's going to be nice to just kind of relax and not have to do all the research and all that shit. And, uh, you know, I did have a lot of fun with death wish. And I really think the fatigue that I felt there yeah. was just watching so many bad fucking movies back to back. I disagree. Slasher spring bitch. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm not opposed to it, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to getting this over with. So, uh, unless you got something else, Mike, I say we just, uh, call it at this and then we can dive into our first segment. Doms and subs, masters, mistresses, and slaves, owners and pets. Daddies, mommies, and littles, primals and prey, switches, heathens, kinksters, and deviants, welcome to Legion After Dark. Legion After Dark is a movie review podcast with a kinky twist. I'm your host, Lady M, and every episode I'll be reviewing a movie with a BDSM or kink theme. I'll also be talking about books, sex toys, bondage equipment, all the fun things that make life grand. I'll be featuring a different kink each episode, and I'll even give you a song to sing to. So join us on Legion After Dark, coming soon to Legion Podcast Network. Joining me for this review of Drive-In Massacre is our friend and host of The Bloodstream, Jason Gray. Jason, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? 
Uh, well, we're only 43 minutes behind, but you know, that's, that's what happens when Michael J produces. So I'm, I'm doing well. Well, I got no problem with that. I wasn't doing anything. I said, <laughs> I said, whenever, anytime after nine. So yeah. And, and Mike, Mike made that work, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're here to talk about drive in massacre and, uh, Man, I, I really just have to say off the bat, I, before even this watching, I didn't know that much about this film. Like, I knew of it. Right. I had seen covers and stuff, but I'd never seen it. So this mm-hmm. was a pretty goddamn blind watch for me. Uh, how about you, Jason? Did you have any history with this one or uh, any experiences? For, sorry. For, sorry. Uh, for me, I've probably watched this movie more than a normal person should. I <laughs> I, I got the my own disc a while back, uh, an earlier copy, I think from Severin. I watched that. I watched it a few more times to review it myself last year. Actually, 13 months to the day. Nice. Um, and I watched it again for this, just to refresh it. And in fact, I watched it twice, technically, because I also watched the 61-minute cut just this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. Um, that's more dedication to me, because I have not even seen that cut. I saw that it was on there, and I was like, that's a cool bonus, but no. <laughs> I ha- I was I wasn't really going to dive into it, but I had the time this afternoon and said, eh, what the heck? Yeah, and so was- just... Just and it would be a good refresher to get stuff back in, into my head about the movie. Right, right. So just being a little curious, uh, what differences is there? Is it just mostly gore cut out? I really have no idea what they cut out to lose, uh, what is it, 12 minutes or so? I, I, know there's a, I know there's a little less gore, but there are two scenes in particular, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, that I'm surprised they did not cut out to lessen the time. Really? Okay. Well, all right then. Let's just uh, let's just uh, buckle up and head to the drive-in. Why don't all we? All right. <laughs> so we get a title card explaining when this is and where it is, and then people begin to filter into the drive-in, and right off, we're given a suspect, mm-hmm. even before anything happens. We're given a suspect, and you know, I, I guess that's that's kind of intelligent to just write off, be like, "There's this weird guy here. Mm-hmm. You already know something's going down. There's this weird guy." <laughs> You're referring to Jer- to Jeremy? Yeah, Jeremy. Okay. Yeah, because sure if you meant him or the other guy. Yeah, right now we don't know right. actually who he is. It's right. just the mystery guy, the creep that's always there. So. Mm-hmm. It, it was nice little red herring that they toss in right off. So yeah, and then there's also a couple that arrives and they discuss uh, making a baby at the drive-in. Oh God, the good old days. <laughs> the the guy wants to watch the beginning of the movie though because, you know, normally, I okay, normally I would make fun of this, but as a cinephile. I kind of get this, you know? Yeah, if it's, on... if it's a movie you'd like or one you haven't seen before, get into it a bit before you kind of start messing around. Yeah, I mean, if if it's if it's a beloved one, 
I can totally see being like, eh, just hold off till the second act. It kind of drops off there. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So we get this is, is played kind of goofy and I mean, anyone could rip it apart, but as oh, I yeah. said, um, the guy leans out of the car to get the speaker because for those of you that are of the younger variety that haven't frequented drive-ins or really know what they are, let me let me let me break it down. Okay, a drive-in is like an outdoor theater that you watch in your car. Now, back in the day, you actually had to park by a pole, grab a physical speaker, and place it inside your car to hear what was going on. Nowadays, you just tune your radio to the correct station and you can hear it through your car stereo. But back then, it was its own speaker. So this guy had to lean out of his window to get the speaker. And then he gets his fucking head chopped off by a sword. And that's how you start a horror movie. Fucking right, man. Right off the bat. um, It's a pretty good kill. There's plenty of gore and... (laughs) I mean, you can see it coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It lingers and it lingers, but the payoff's good. I like it. And it's a good way to start it. You set it absolutely perfectly. I, th- this is how you start it. You got your setup. You know everything that's going on. Cut the guy's head off. Perfect. <laughs> and can you imagine seeing this at the drive-in back in the day? Some guy's probably out there reaching for a speaker himself, looks up at the screen and sees that happening. Yeah, I that would have been washed, fucking cool. I would have lost my shit if that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's um I think that's something we have to touch upon at the end of this though. Oh, oh, oh yes, we will. That, that overall experience that they they definitely delivered, but uh yeah, right after the guy gets his head cut off, obviously the woman starts screaming and she gets stabbed in the neck for it. And you know, that's a decent enough kill too, so Right off, this is kind of started off with a bang, you know. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but... It definitely grabs your attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so then we kind of jump to the next day. The police are there to investigate the murders. And we get to meet the drive-ins manager, the guy that we saw yelling at at all his patrons. This guy screams future cult leader to me. He he's got the look, he's that that huge cross of his. And he just gave off this energy. Um you might have heard of uh Anton LeVay, the Oh yeah. Yeah. He just reminded me of reminds me of that guy so much. That's a that's actually a really good call. Yeah, I could I could see him playing him in a movie or mm-hmm. you know, in real life. <laughs> yeah, so we have the asshole manager and we also meet Jeremy. Yeah, that's his real name. It's not Jeremy. It's Jeremy. He did he did say his name is Jeremy, but his friends call him Jeremy. Uh, okay. So I, 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 I only right. remembered there, there was something like that in there. Yeah, I, and I believe it is probably a throwaway line, but the, throughout the rest of the film, they call him Jeremy, and that's just what stuck with me. So Yeah. And he's basically the janitor of the drive-in, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he cleans up after everyone, blah, blah, blah. And, uh... We also discover that the uh, grounds used to house a carnival, and the owner of the carnival stopped making money, so he just shut it down and turned it into a drive-in, and 
you know, employed some of his carnies to run the drive-in. I wonder um, what he did once drive-in started to fail. Um, video store? Yeah, yeah, there we go. He turned it into a blockbuster. I don't know. That, Baseball I don't know. field for the kids. You know, that's that's what we need now. We need fucking blockbuster massacre. <laughs> Why not, right? Why not? <laughs> I could see it. You know, uh, somebody's trying to keep their, their mom and pop video store open. They they want to hold a screening, kind of like a anthology or, you know, just, just like a little festival to help raise money. And everyone gets locked in and someone in there is a killer. Simple. Oh, yeah. uh anyway so back to the movie that we're actually here to talk about and not, right sorry not not the one that we're pitching sorry but those of you that are interested uh feel free to email rabbit and red radio reach out to us on facebook twitter or instagram we will be glad to take your money and make that film <laughs> anyway uh back to drive and massacre um that night after the cops are there uh <laughs> before you go too much further yeah i just want to touch on the cops for a minute first of all while we're talking about looking like other people one of those cops looks like a poor man's joe don baker <laughs> but i actually appreciated watching the cops actually doing real detective work that's something that has just doesn't come up that much these days in a lot of movies or, or even you know, in the eighties and stuff with slasher films, they right. were, they were just the idiots, mm-hmm. and and, yeah. a, and they were an obstacle to get around. Right. If this right. movie was made today, or even eighties or nineties, it would focus on the kids going to the movies, trying to figure out what's going on. Right. I, and I even just pitched that, and at no point did I say cops with you know blockbuster massacre. Right. So, um. But yeah, we we jumped the night and, you know, I just kind of have to say at this point while watching this, Mm -hmm. this is kind of what I was hoping it would be. You know, it would be we go to a showing, somebody would get murdered, and then we jump to the next morning of people trying to figure it out. And I thought, you know, that could be really fucking cool if we just keep that up. It settles into a good rhythm of that, too, of uh, kill, investigation the next day some kills investigation the next day back and forth right right and it gives you good moments of uh calming down and then the big excitement that the next night and that that's actually yeah you you hit it perfectly that it does almost hit the perfect rhythm of that investigation and then murder so but uh anyway that night a couple arrives and this time, they're already pregnant. They don't have to make the baby at the drive-in. Of course, that was a surprise to the guy. <laughs> yeah, but they start making out. And there's uh, some creepy weirdo staring at them through their car window. And then he runs off. But then, someone impales them both with a sword. And this is another decent kill, man. You know, I've seen this done before, and I've seen this done better, but 
it's still always a good kill. I still always appreciate the the double inflation kill. Ah, 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 ah. This is a very rare triple kill. The baby. Oh, you got me. I was just sitting there trying to think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't impaled, probably, almost certainly, but still highly unlikely to have survived that. No, 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 because, you know, it it would have been early on. So, yeah, it still counts. Yeah, triple kill. Very nice. And, you know, something else I kind of have to give this movie right now, just once we're at this point, we realize the weapon of choice is a sword. Mm-hmm. When the hell's the last time you've seen that for a slasher film? I thought it had a, had a similar question. When would you have seen before this a katana being used? Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I actually had to look to see uh, whether this was the first uh, impalation double kill or whether it was Bay of Blood, but Bay of Blood did come out first, so... I wasn't I wasn't quite sure if, if if they were the originators, but they they were not. So. But the next day. The police are there or no, I'm sorry, the police are are uh, at the department and they meet with a psychologist and he's basically breaking down that the killer is a creature of habit. He's going to continue doing this. He's going to get more brazen. And it's just going to continue. And then Jeremy comes in and gives them uh, the license plate number of the creepy weirdo who, who is always there. Who Jeremy has already said that he he uh, he stalks couples and stuff like that. So they've already had this guy kind of on their radar. And now Jeremy has given them his license plate number. So they go to question this guy. And, and you know, before we really get into this, Jason, did they did they have you tricked the first time you watched this? Were you just kind of like, this might be the guy? No, no, me either. Yeah, we're a little too film savvy, I think. But too er- too early in the movie at this point, but a perfect time to bring in someone for the cops to go question and move things along. Yeah, it's the perfect time for a red herring. So they go to this guy's house. And uh, I do appreciate that his house is just filled with porn. And when I say filled with porn, I don't mean like it's neatly stacked in the corner or anything like that. I mean, this is literally plastered to this guy's fucking wall. Like he's just porn everywhere. Like before there was Pornhub, there was this guy's house. (laughs) Just, Just walls of porn. Yeah, yeah. It's not creepy or anything. And I like how he's worried about how his neighbors are going to view him and and stuff. And it's just like, really? I mean, have you ever considered if they just glance through your window? Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, um, they search this guy's house and they find nothing but mountains of porn. And they even discuss porn briefly with him. Uncomfortable moment in the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and then they search his car and find a bloody rag. Oh God. So of course he runs off. The cops give chase and of course they catch him. A pretty decent chase for this level of a movie. Yeah, I I will give it credit for that. Personally, I would have cut it down just a little bit. I think it, 
it ran a little long, but you know, a decent car chase. It, it reminds me of something you'd see on TV, you know. And, and that's not a knock against it. That's it's decent quality for a film like this. So, right. um, they do get him. However, later that day, forensics calls them and lets them know that uh, the guy has been released because, as he stated, it was dog's blood. So apparently. Our pervert here ran over a dog after jerking off in the movie or the mm-hmm. drive-in theater's bathroom. And, uh, yeah, at least he's decent enough to take the dog to the vet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we got the test back. There was dog's blood on this. You don't want to know what else we found on that rag. Oh, my God. Uh, it, it probably could stand up on its own, oh. in all honesty. <laughs> The dog's probably pregnant now. <laughs> okay, so if that corny joke wasn't enough silliness for you, next, the cops decide to go undercover at the drive-in, and yes, one of them goes in drag. What is with this trope of cops in drag? There's this movie, there's The Town That Dreaded Sundown, I know there's more. I... I, 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 well, you got to realize it, it, it was popular in, in older mediums. I mean, look, uh, e- even with the cartoons, the Flintstones, Bugs Bunny, you, you always stuff, saw stuff like that. And I, I think they just went with the trope hoping for a laugh. I really think that, you know, they, they did that. And hey, isn't this funny? Isn't it funny? I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's really not. <sighs> so uh, they they play for a couple laughs there you know even jeremy comes up and whatnot but i i didn't find it at all funny um it was just i, I it, they tried i'll give them credit for that but it was uh, there yeah <laughs> i mean it makes more sense for a guy and a woman to be sitting in the car sure but they right. could have they could have not played it up for laughs yeah yeah, they could have just been two guys sitting in the back uh, at the drive-in watching. But I guess that would kind of stand out in that day and age. This day and age, if you go to a drive-in, it, it is usually a special event. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're actually attending one of the few drive-ins that's operational year-round. So, but anyway, um, the creepy weirdo. I'm sorry, I'm just going to call him creepy weirdo. His I name was Orville. Orville, thank you. It didn't it didn't strike me at all. So when I was making my notes, it was just creepy weirdo. So Orville, thank you, Jason, is uh, back. And this time he's got a new couple in his sights. <laughs> and again, the couple scenario is flipped. This time, the girl wants to watch the movie and the guy just wants to get it on. See? Each time it's a little different. Mm-hmm. It's original, originality in the writing. <laughs> so we, we get our obligated tit shot as the girl's just trying to watch the movie. Guy gets shut down, so he just kind of storms off, and the girl just sits there watching the movie. Later, the guy returns all pissed off, and he's like, we're just leaving. Starts to drive away, and the girl's head just falls off. Great reveal. Yep. Absolutely loved it. (laughs) Everyone starts freaking out. There's all kinds of screams. So the cops come running. They automatically go to Orville's 
Uh uh-huh. They automatically go to his car and discover he's also dead. So our red herring is obviously a red herring. Mm -hmm. Did not do it. So the cops then question the asshole manager. Sorry, don't know his name either. You can you can kind of see at this point the impression these characters made on me because they're yeah. cops, creepy weirdo, asshole manager, and Jeremy. Jeremy was really the only one that I kind of gravitated to. They and, all and they all had good personalities and kind of popped off the screen, but they're also just kind of there. Yeah, there was nothing that really grabbed me about them. Like, I kind of believed them as characters, but there was right. nothing that really flushed them out enough for me to be like, oh, that's Orville. You know, that that's that's obviously, you know, Jeremy. Yeah, they call him Jeremy, but he's Jeremy. Like, nothing like that really grabbed me. So, um, the uh, manager, uh, they questioned him, but eventually they have to release him. And then they get a call about a knife-wielding maniac held up in a warehouse with a hostage. This has to be it, right? This has to be the guy. The cops sure hope so. <laughs> they go there, and they find Buck Flowers. That's I love right. this guy. I have I, always loved this guy since I first <laughs> encountered him back in the 90s. Uh, it's, it's Buck Flowers. I mean, he he's a character actor. Um, I know me just saying that to ninety percent of you, you have no idea who he is. He he's been and they live and so many others, but they lives the one that I know him most yep. for. He's he's the hobo that ends up making a deal with the aliens and becoming super rich. Um, As you do. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and. He is playing our knife-wielding maniac, and his actual daughter is playing his daughter in the film. Mm -hmm. And uh, the cops go there. There's kind of actually a decent chase with the girl and him. It, it gets some tension put in there. Yep. And then uh, the cops end up shooting him, only to find out that he's been or escaped from a hospital. I'm assuming a mental hospital only that day. Mm -hmm. So... He's obviously not our killer. God damn it, foiled again. Also, the daughter explains he had a, he just had a psychotic break and killed her uh his her mother. That that's what it was. I think it was the mother and aunt, wasn't it? Yeah. It was two people. Yeah. I know it was the mother. Yeah, I like how how matter of fact she was about that. <laughs> how could you kill him? He just escaped from the hospital and killed my mom and aunt. Now, it's probably also <laughs> worth noting, Buck Flower wrote the movie. This one? Yep. Shit, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. At the last minute, they needed some added screen time to the movie, so he jumped in to add this scene in. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, I would have found that out. Okay, so that's... Okay, I got it now, because... Well, that that boggled my mind because I normally do pretty heavy research on these. And OK, you, you beat me. Well, well, that's because you do very in-depth reviews on Triska Deska files. So. And I've seen this like five times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought I'd just toss you in a nice little shameless plug there, buddy. Yep. yep. <laughs> and to be fair, he wasn't the only writer, but he was one of them. It was his. Right. I think it was his idea, 
but I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. Right. Okay. So from here, the police then decide they need to go back to the drive-in and they get there just in time to see the silhouette of the manager get killed on the big screen. They then go into the projection booth only to find Jeremy impaled on the wall, missing an arm. That is a good fucking visual right there. And yeah. I like how they knew to linger on that. That image of just Jeremy pinned to the wall, dead, missing an arm. And also at this point, the cops think it's either uh, the manager or Jeremy. And once they find the manager, manager, they're like, well, it had to be Jeremy. There's no one else it could be. He's in here somewhere. There's nowhere else he can get out. So he's our killer. They open the door and, well, he's kind of dead. So that ruins that idea. Well, you mentioned that, so I just have to ask now. Is it the manager? Because we we see what looks like his silhouette get killed, and they run in, and we never see the body. And you know the rule of cinema, if you don't see the bodies. But we never see the body, and then they discover Jeremy dead. So I think think they said it was the manager, and, well, I have no choice but to (laughs) believe what they say. They just couldn't show the body for whatever reason. Right, and you do clearly see his silhouette. Like, it is obviously his silhouette getting run mm-hmm. through with the sword. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So, we're in agreement. They're both dead. Yeah. And then, here's the kicker. The movie just stops and we get a title card. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it down for you guys. <laughs> the senseless bloodbath that gripped a California drive-in has spread to other drive-ins throughout the country. Authorities say there are no clues to the killer's identity and no end to the horror in sight. The killer could strike again anywhere, anytime. Who will be next? The sheer balls. But no, I, no, 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 no. That's, that, that's not it, though. That's not it. Because right after that's on the screen... We get an overhead announcement over the PA system from the drive-in management stating that there is a killer lurking in the theater and not to panic. The police are on their way. Oh, my God. The sheer fucking balls of this movie. (laughs) I, I, I love that ending and I hate it at the same time. Like, I, I completely get what you're saying because. Once it happened, I was disappointed, but I I am I I'm just impressed with the the balls as yep. I said for them to just be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. No. Cliffhanger. That's how we're going out. I, I, and, I definitely I definitely lean more on the side of love it, but it is also so very frustrating because we sat watched this entire movie and it went nowhere. Aside from yeah. a large pile of bodies. Yeah, like Usually, there's a through storyline with a beginning, middle, and end, a conclusion. And this one, we get the first two parts. We get the beginning, mm-hmm. how the killings start, or, or at least what we're led to believe is the beginning of the killings. You know? Mm-hmm. We then get 
the buildup and, and some of the investigation, but we don't get that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's what, I think this is what has kind of cemented the film. Mm-hmm. The fact that it withholds that from you, the fact that, you know, it always has that question. We don't have any good suspects. Nope. And, and most of them are dead. All of them. Yeah. Anyone that was a suspect, they killed. There's there's no one that we have any idea is the killer. I, I mean, the only thing that we have is that it's uh, the owner. I mean, that is the only pure thing that we can speculate. Yeah. That is the only other suspect that could be on the table. Past that, it's just some random person that we never encountered. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking ballsy right there. Yeah. <laughs> and and much uh, like the start of the movie, can you imagine being in the drive-in when that comes up and they're talking about how the killer is still out there somewhere, maybe in a drive-in near you? It's that same sort of ending that Halloween pulled a few years later with the boogeyman is still out there lurking for looking for his next victim. And I think that is what's so cool about this is they created yeah. an experience for the people that go to the drive-in for the people that saw this in the drive-in. This was a completely different experience than you or I sitting at home and watching it on DVD or Blu-ray. Oh yeah completely different because I imagine how immersive that is. You you are sitting in your car with your girlfriend, your friends, your wife, whatever it is, you are sitting in the car and you're watching people at a drive-in. I mean, it's just a completely different level of experience. And I really like that they did this, how, how immersive they made it. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's just, Let's just get into rate this because I don't really have that much more to say. Um, Jason, as the guest, man, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. If you uh, don't mind, give out your closing thoughts and your your uh, rating. Uh, this is a wonderfully grimy 1970s film. <laughs> After watching it, I felt like I needed a shower. And I love, the, like you said, the experience they crafted and the pacing of the movie is a very good um, drive-in experience because you have several scenes in there that, you know, you can get up to make the long walk to get some more popcorn or, or go to the bathroom or something. Stop paying attention to make out with your girlfriend. But it's also packed with lots of great kills and scares. And uh, I got to say that crafting such a unique experience, I got to go with about a four out of five stars. Wow. Nice. It's not a great movie, but the stuff that is good is just really memorable and sticks with me. Nice. Nice. My only two problems with it are two scenes in the movie that I mentioned earlier. The one of Jeremy just kind of aimlessly wandering around the carnival, I, I think it was in his mind, just kind of thinking back on the day. Okay, okay. And as much as I really like the warehouse scene, 
it's really long, really padded, doesn't really add a single thing to the plot other than runtime. And it's like, right. I really could have easily fast forwarded through the last 20 minutes of this film up until when the cops get back to the drive in. Right. Well put, man. Um, uh, for myself, I mean, most people that have listened to me, they know I'm a sucker for drive-ins and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And this one hit almost all those notes. Maybe not all of them perfectly for me, but they, they hit a lot of them. Um, they didn't quite know what they were doing Almost like this was their first film. And that's really the feeling I get. And I'm pretty sure it was one of their first feature films. Um, Really, the thing that hit me is just pretty much what you said, too. It felt very padded. And it felt padded just to get to an hour 15. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, the the soundtrack was really bad, too. (laughs) I I have a soft spot for that kind of kind of music in movies so that was it gets annoying but at the same time i kind of enjoy hearing it on older movies and i get that um the kills like i said some of them were real fucking good uh and and that experience overall is real fucking cool and the, the ballsiness of that ending i really do like but just Overall, it wasn't that great of a film for me. I'm I'm gonna give it two and a half stars. That's fair. So um, now comes the time where we actually discuss the disc, though the presentation from 88 films on this slasher classic. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know, that's their name for it. Yeah, I know we've reviewed far worse films in this series, so so far so <laughs> i have reviewed i've reviewed far worse movies than this so so much worse uh i i've read a lot of them yeah i i know buddy <laughs> all right um this transfer from 88 is uh it, it's not their best um the colors are good but there, there's uh some print damage issues throughout um there's some dirt some grain and the occasional cigarette burn mm-hmm but this was solely meant for the drive-in and there probably is not a print of this that has not traveled the country at least twice so keeping that in mind um they they Mm -hmm. probably did the best they could um the sound is also a little hit and miss with this Mm -hmm. sometimes it makes it a little hard to follow some of the conversations but overall the sound design was okay um uh the special features are a little so-so. Um, we get two interviews. One of them's with the director, and the other one is uh, with an expert. And then there's also what we discussed earlier: the hour-long TV cut of this, which you know is not quite as uh, well pre- uh, preserved. I guess would be the right word. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's uh, definitely more print damage on that, and uh, of course the trailer. Um, uh, I do have to say from my research on what is out there, I do believe this is the best version of Drive-In Massacre. However, uh, I did also see 
that this was actually released once on DVD in 3D. Wow. I never even knew that this was a 3D film ever, but the fact that it was released on DVD in 3D, that's fucking awesome right there. Yeah. I'm half tempted to track that down. Half tempted. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, there is uh, uh, another Blu-ray, like Jason said, by Severin as well. But um, I do think that 88 films transfer is of a higher quality. Um, uh, Severin's looks a little bit darker. And it doesn't look to have quite as good of definition. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of this film, I do recommend you get the 88 uh, films version. If you must. Uh, however, if you're just kind of curious, you're not really sold on this one. You've kind of heard about it and you're actually curious now hearing us talk about it and the ballsiness of the ending and this and that. Uh, I, I do suggest you check it out online. It is available uh, through Amazon for like three bucks to rent or whatever. So yeah, and that's that's a fair price for this one. I, I would be mm-hmm. willing to pay that to rent it. So yeah. Uh, Jason, do you have anything on the uh, transfer, the presentation of this? Uh, it's probably better than this movie deserves to look. <laughs> I and, honestly and quite honestly. I'm kind of glad it's an imperfect thing because I don't want to see this movie looking pristine and perfect, even for the best they could have given us from the seventies. Right. Um, as I started to say, man, I, I really think this is one that would benefit from not, uh, I don't want to say basically for not restoring it. Like I think if the special feature was a, a um a dirty version i guess mm-hmm. a a unpolished version i i think i would greatly appreciate that and i've gone on the record saying before that i think those versions out there are actually beneficial i think they actually add something to the experience with some of them mm-hmm. because um on a previous uh show we talked about just before dawn and I did right. say on that one that I was going to watch the extended cut, which was not um, as cleaned up as as well preserved. And uh, it does add something. Um, the only way I've ever seen Don't Look in the Basement is the, the dirty version. There is a dirty version that was just a bonus tossed onto a disc for, I think, Don't Look in the Basement 2. And that's basically the only reason to get that release is for the first one. The second one's not very good at all. But that experience, I mean, that's the way that film was meant to be seen. Mm -hmm. These these films were meant to be seen on the drive-in, on Grindhouse theater screens. They were meant to be seen dirty with, you know, some of the colors bleeding and cigarette burns and hairs. And that's how these films were meant to be seen. Um... But on the other hand, I, I do say that, and I think that adds something to the experience. I really do. On the other hand, though, I am so glad that there are companies out there like 88 Films and others. Denigrate Syndrome. Yeah, that are preserving these and updating them so that they will last. So, yeah, rant over. Um, sorry about that, guys. But uh, Jason, 
thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us and uh, talk Drive-In Massacre for the conclusion of our slasher summer. Glad to be here. I love talking about these movies. Yeah, it's always fun, buddy. We will have to have you on again, and hopefully uh, when we do, uh, Mike can actually join us. (laughs) All right, buddy. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. your old pal rick morgan and i want to welcome you to the house of wax podcast i cover the greatest horror movies ever made and i also share with you what it is in these movies that make these classics so how is this pod any different from the other thousands of horror podcasts well first you can actually see the episodes on my youtube channel with all the bells and whistles you crave and it's also a podcast so it can travel with you Two formats that work great together, and with upcoming side episodes filled with interviews, contests, and movie commentaries, it's sure to keep the blood pumping. So join us and become a horror maniac at the House of Wax. That's Wax. W-H-A-C-K-S. A proud member of Legion Podcast. Catch us everywhere you listen to pods. So it's time you give it a listen. Let's go! Right, and we are back. This time, I have Michael J. with me. I'm back. Yeah, sadly. And our guest, the heel of Facebook himself, Cody Corley. Hello, everybody. Hello again. And yes, for anyone wondering, I am currently banned again on Facebook. Goddamn memes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? Oh, shit. So, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk about this horrible film, because, yeah, we're here to actually discuss Happy Hell Night. That song is still stuck in my goddamn head. (laughs) And we'll get into that. But um, just being curious, did you guys have any experience with this film before watching it for this recording? Um. You know, I feel like I've heard about this movie before, like maybe, because in the mid-2000s, I heard about a bunch of different stuff that I just never was able to get a hold of. Um, 
I didn't get the internet until 2001, 2002, and so around that time period, a couple of years after that, I just researched a shit ton of movies. And then in 2007, I believe, I watched a documentary on old school slasher films and all that. And I, I do like remember hearing of the title Happy Hell Night, <clears throat> but I never looked into it after that. So no, I besides the title, I have no prior knowledge of this film until I watched it. Mike, I um, I bought the DVD as a blind buy from <laughs> Best Buy uh, because see, my dumbass thought Happy Hell Night and Hell Night. I thought the Happy made it a sequel in part to the 1981 film that starred Linda Blair. Now, see, I could forgive you if you just thought it was like an alternative title and you're just like, oh, fuck yeah. No, I was like, this version's going to make me more happy. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, they made a sequel to Hell Knight and it's called Happy Hell Knight. Holy fuck, I got to buy this. So I think I dropped like 20 bucks on it at the time. And I never watched it, and it just <laughs> sat on my, and it just sat on my shelf. And I was like, "Classic Michael J." And I was like, "Hmm." And see, and that was back in the day when I would get movies and I would watch everything that I bought. But I didn't watch that. It just sat on the shelf, and I'm like, "Hmm." And then the '88 thing came along, and I had to collect all the slasher classics collection. I was like, "Whoa, they're releasing Happy Hell Night." I have that on DVD, and I've never watched it. But let me buy the Blu-ray because it's number 28 in the collection, so I need it. And, uh, you know, now that and I still didn't watch it and it sat on my shelf for months and months and months and months. And then finally, when this whole thing came along and John suggested that we do it, I'm like, wow, after because I think I bought the DVD and I want to say 2001, I think it came out originally from Anchor Bay. So I want to say like so. From like 15 plus years of wanting to see this movie and having it, but never watching it. Now, finally, I watched it. Well, then I guess it's actually a good thing for you. Um, For myself, uh, I'd never actually heard of it beforehand. Um, When we were just picking titles for possibles for our Slasher Summer, this one came up. I just went off the title, thought it sounded interesting, and uh, it made it. And to the finale because it was number two to our listeners' choice. And uh, I just figured, why the hell not toss it in? It sounded interesting to me. And oh, how I was wrong. How many votes <laughs> did it get, by the way? Do you remember? I don't remember. Um, no, well, because you know it, it was across it platforms. Oh, hold and... on a second. The reason it won, fuckers, is because nobody fucking contributes and votes in these fucking polls. So that's why the shit wins. So well, no, no, no. The, the shit Just before win. Don won, and that was actually a good movie. Okay. This was second. Right. And Blood Harvest got like two votes. Right. <laughs> and you want, well, Blood Harvest is coming up after this one, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the only, I was thinking about this, the only old school horror movie with the word happy in it was that was any good to me was probably happy birthday to me this is sadly not that <laughs> oh, i'm glad i'm not alone yeah <laughs> all yeah, right well I, I just kept thinking fucking prom night 4 
deliver us from evil the whole entire time I was watching this. Um, well, literally, I had no idea. And I looked it up so I could read the synopsis. I was like, okay, that sounds good. And the cover art was fucking cool. You know, I had uh, uh, the pale guy with the black eyes covering cobwebs. And it's just like, this has potential. And then I pressed play. And it all went downhill from there. <laughs> just like that one guy, the black guy in the very beginning. Just look at it. Just watch it. <laughs> and then they, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, this opens right up. And we're in a mental hospital. And, uh, you know, crazy people That's doing what crazy I wanted shit. to ask you. What? Are they like the people at your work? No. No, this is like movie crazy not real crazy okay so movie crazy and real crazy are totally different things is what you're saying at least in this one um oh. yeah uh yeah we've we actually get a glimpse of you know our big bad and i, I actually have to say i actually think this is good you know they actually tease him quite nicely it has a really nice shot it it, it adds tension i don't want to say but you know it, it it adds a flavor to it. It's like, okay, what's going on here? You know? Mm-hmm. Guess. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't mind the cold open, uh, you know, how it was right in the mental hospital. And I, I guess what I got a little confused about at first was they started at a specific time period to show that mental hospital scene, but then they went 25 years earlier than that. And then they went back to present day. You know, that it knocked me off my guard just a exactly. little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, we get that tease. We're in the mental hospital. And then we get the flashback 25 years ago. And we actually find out later in the film, 25 years ago, it was actually 1966. So, um, and we actually have a young Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's right. Fucking Sam Rockwell is in this. That was after Jesus Christ, house, by the way. Yeah, he's he's slumming it. And I'll even say that from Clown House. He's slumming it. No, it was better on Clown House. Yeah, that's why I'm saying he's slumming it in this film. Oh. I I don't even think he had a speaking role in this film. Probably not, no. Ugh. But anyway, um, yeah, because a, a, a psychopath has slaughtered his friends in the church's crypt. And Cody, man, you are fucking on the nose. Because right from here, you know, it jumps to 1991. It, it, it's uh, so know, fucking choppy for the first, what, five minutes? It's almost like asking the viewer too much at first. You know, like, it, I don't remember if I've ever seen a film that started in the past, then went deeper in the past, and then said, okay, 25 years later, 1991. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was almost too ambitious for that beginning, but whatever. I it I, I bought it enough to let the movie roll, so. You know what I would have done? Just cut this second part in 1966. Let's just put that in the middle of the film for the explanation and just give us the full, you know, flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie definitely had pacing issues, and I'll comment more on that when they're when we're uh, covered the the rest of the movie. But uh, yeah, it definitely had pacing issues, and it definitely had editing uh, issues, in my opinion. Also, and yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking too. Like. Definitely could have put that somewhere else. Right. Um, but but for this scene, I have to say the gore is okay. I mean, it's a quick glimpse, but everything looks decent. It looks kind of cool. 
and they just completely fuck themselves because like i said i think that opening is really good how they tease the big bad we never see him but right here he's in fucking plain light they brightly lit and we see him yeah i they just fucking destroyed anything they had right there just shot it right in the fucking foot because what we see what we got a glimpse of you know silhouetted covered in cobwebs is a short bald fucking pale priest with black eyes and 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 on top of that he has a voice that sounds like he's fucking got a bad helium addiction he should have said no budget (laughs) yes it just fucking confuses me why tease him when literally a minute later you're just gonna show him like you we're we're not even gonna build up to seeing him it's just boom here he is no common sense yes (laughs) (laughs) um i agree you know it, it they definitely did a wrong kind of reveal for him overall um i mean and obviously this was still in the time period where the slasher craze was going on with you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, and all those franchises were going strong. If they're going to take all the other cues from that type of uh, genre, <clears throat> then they should have took more cues in the sense of reveal the baddie in a little bit better of an epic entrance, you know, kind of way than what they did. Right, and if you actually look at the film overall, like if, if we remove this flashback here, I think they actually would have done a pretty decent buildup because... You know, yeah. later on, it's teased, it's teased, and then finally we see him when he's just holding the, yeah. the bleeding out friend. Right, and you know what, um, not to jump forward too much, but, um, you know, when uh, I think it was Jake and Ralph, when they went in, no, I'm sorry, it was Ralph and uh, Sonny, I think. Is I it didn't even remember their names, that's how much impact okay. this You know, I way. actually watched it a second time, I just watched it tonight so I could remember more of their names. But, um, <laughs> yeah, when Ralph and Sonny went to the asylum, and that was you know, the official present-day reveal of the ghoul, you know, and <clears throat> and you first saw him with the flash of the camera. That was great. It, is, yeah. it wasn't, like, revolutionary. It wasn't unique, or, or no, it was unique. It wasn't original, uh, but it was it was good enough. That was right. so much better. Right. Um, yeah, oh, all right, let, let's, let's try and stay a little linear here. <laughs> and we're jumping ahead too much. Um because we 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 have some important shit going on it's 1991 and we're kind of introduced kind of to the thrust of the story here i mean it it's a there's a frat and they're throwing a party and they're forcing their pledges to do hazing pranks that's the thrust of this story okay fair enough it's a slasher film um we meet some of the frat brothers uh they go to a bar there's some stupid drama set up and they watch this. I tell you guys the most yeah. over the top, stupid ass, cheesy dialogue I have seen in quite a while in a late eighties, early nineties slasher film. My God. Uh, no, here's here's the kicker for the bar scene for me is the one brother walks in and he says, "Hey, it's almost time for BTV or whatever Barrett TV, whatever the fuck it was." STV. Yeah, Tur- STV. Yeah, STV. Turn it on. They turn the TV on, and automatically, the show starts. <laughs> That's like, how it was in the eighties. They were on point. Yeah, apparently, man. That like split second, it, it starts, and it's incredibly short. 
And, and then all of a sudden, the guy just walks in like a, uh, two minutes later. Well, it was an in-house production. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how hard would it have been to have the guy mid-sentence and then be, all right, and our main story is yeah. the so, race you know, between again, these. And then again, not to jump forward, but they did it later on at the end of the film when they were going back and forth from, you know, the old guy talking, talking, and, and Ned talking uh, in his studio. They went back and forth from that. You know, why, you're right, why couldn't they came right in mid-sentence, you know, and made it look a little bit more realistic for the introduction of STV and Ned's pervy ass. <laughs> By the way, Ned is actually my favorite character in this movie. If I had to pick a favorite character, it's him. We'll get into why after once you get to the that part. So, um, I, I okay. One thing I have to say at this point in the film, I mean, I'm laughing. Like it, it's, I, I'm laughing at this film at this point. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. just how awkwardly timed that was. All that I, I'm literally just laughing at the film. Like it, the jokes aren't funny or anything. I'm, I'm just laughing at how poor this is. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, okay. And to be completely honest, this scene right here is really where all the problems in the film really start to shine. I mean, because we have the setup for the drama and blah, 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 but we get bad acting. We get bad ADR. We get looped dialogue. So we're seeing, you know, continuity issues already. And then we can clearly see that not all of this because we quickly transition is shot in North America. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. I I just remembered um, in that bar scene that at a certain point, the one dialogue part that barely made me like, what? Like, what did he just say when they were joking around and said, yeah, and then Ralph's going to get naked. He's going to fuck him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's that? Yeah, fuck him up the ass and, you know, throw up down his back. What Jesus. the fuck? <laughs> oh man, that that's one got good. Me, that's but... a good hazing prank, right? Force him to go rape yeah, somebody. Of yeah, I would never do it, but fuck, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. we kind of get the setup with that scene that you know uh, Barrett has the idea that they can break into the asylum and get a picture of the guy that slaughtered brothers from the fraternity 25 years ago, blah, blah, blah. All right. That's supposed to be this amazing hazing prank. I think it's a fucking stupid one, but whatever. Um, you know, we, we get the obvious drama of the, the little brother, Sonny hooking up with the older frat. I don't even know what that's called. The head of the frat house, his girl, you know, stupid 90s drama bullshit. Right. And I just got to say, I wasn't interested in anything in this movie up until that point when I realized that, oh, shit, there's a love affair shit going on and they're brothers. And and real quick, I got to make one note about the Sonny guy. I don't know if either you two noticed this, but goddamn, doesn't he look like he'd be the son of that porn star uh, Evan Stone? Like, he looks like Evan Stone's son. I don't know See, if either one of you know who Evan Stone is. Fucking porn star. His, his nutsack hangs down below his fucking kneecaps when he's fucking a girl. But this guy, it, it, I'm telling you, you guys got to research Evan Stone, because this guy looks like a young Evan Stone. I believe that's his name. That's See, I was just thinking that he was like a, a poor man's uh, John Stamos. Mm. 
he was definitely an over uh, like he he overacted on everything. <laughs> and, what, and, what, what a time and place to tell me that you don't want me no more, Liz. Thanks. I, I like I like how we get the obvious stunt tits as they're fucking, but as as yeah. the brother catches them, I like how for no reason at all in the soundtrack there's just a scream. I was just gonna say it just it got all fucked up like when he was like first of all his facial expressions did not match the music and the sound effects we are hearing. And it made it seem like he was going to snap and just fucking kill everybody. But his, the look on his face, he was like, oh, well, fuck it, I'll just go back to the bar. <laughs> and then we get this weird scream and a hard cut, and it's like, what? Yeah, a hard cut. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, and it, it made it, then you had an up-close shot on Liz's face, and it looked like as if she looked over at the window, but it, it like, oh, she saw him, but no, she didn't see him, and he didn't see, well, he saw her, them, but, I don't know, and again, just like what you were saying, just for editing issues and all kinds of issues already in this film. Yeah, they, they didn't even do a good job to hide that it was stunt hits, that that was not her there naked, that, that was uh, so obvious. <laughs> that might have been Susan. <laughs> All right, uh, and from here they 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 really kind of do their best to to rip off Friday the Thirteenth with the cops showing up to warn the kids, you know, uh, don't be doing this, blah blah blah. And he came in, and he's like, I don't know where Ned is, but I think he's jerking off down to the library, and he didn't bring back the proper files that he took. And yeah, you're right, this guy, he this fucking sheriff guy, he did not give a fuck, like. You know, like, he doesn't hold a candle to, you know, those older guys in the Friday the 13th movies that try to warn them of this and warn them of that. Right. You know, I didn't even view him as that type of character both times that I watched the film until you just said that. That's how poor that was. Yeah, but that is totally what it is. He's He is supposed to be our harbinger, you know, you kids behave yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then I love the foreshadowing of, that was your daddy's ass pick, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but here here's here's the kicker. The biggest issue of this entire film appears in this scene. Fucking continuity. Because the cop leaves, the two guys are talking, we get a shot of somebody, hey your dad's on the phone, we get a shot back, and suddenly there's just a character randomly standing right beside them. And then he throws a ball out. He's like, oh, oh, God, I wasn't supposed to stand here anyway. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> this fucking amateur hour. I mean, oh, my God. Michael Jake may- has made better than this. I have. I, oh, yeah, I almost wondered if he edited the movie when he sent me my copy. Um, <laughs> when I thought the first time, I thought, was that the same guy that was standing? Was, was that the same kid that was standing at the stairs and said, hey, your dad's on the phone? And no, that quickly- is a completely different guy. Oh, see that? Oh, man. It's just a a random character that has never been in the film until that point. Oh, well, fuck it. (laughs) I'm done trying to make sense of it. Yeah, so, you know, the the kid goes and talks to his dad, and again, we get this horrendous flashback. Oh, my God. It's so bad. When they were doing that, when he said... Hey, what do you know about the five murders you have? Blah, blah, and then just the way that the movie started doing in that flashback, and it seemed like this guy was having a heart attack and a <laughs> fucking orgasm at the same time while I was cutting back and forth from what was going on. It was so pathetic. 
it like slows down and the quality starts to change. And oh, it's okay. Honestly, at this point, I was just disappointed in the film. I mean, we're fucking 18 minutes in and I'm just feeling down. It's like, oh, come on. This is fuck. 18 yeah. minutes in and, and this is, I'm already disappointed. <laughs> hey, I gotta ask real quick the, uh, the, the guy who played the father. I know I've seen him in other stuff. What what is some of the other stuff that he's been in? Mike, this is your expertise. I'm trying to think of the character name of the guy that played the father. Not character name, I mean the actor's name. Because if I knew the actor's name, then I could probably tell you. But I don't know. Yeah, fuck. You know what? I I know i got to be wrong on this. But he looks like uh, Billy Madison's father. You know, that Adam Sandler movie. Yes, 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 yes. Darren McGavin, yes, he was. Is that him? He was the father in um, Billy Madison. Yes, he was. Oh shit! I, I, I saw, when I was watching, like, man, that's got to be Billy Madison's father right there. I was like, no, that's not him. It's a fuck. It is. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> him. And he was the, uh, um, what the fuck else was he in the uh, Night Stalker TV series from the seventies? I believe he was in that too. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. De- he's definitely recognizable. Yeah, yeah and I like how they. I, I like how you could tell they, they treated him like he was a git. Like, he was their biggest star. And you could tell he was probably there for, what, one day? Maybe two? Yeah. He didn't give two shits about that, though. You could see. Oh, that no. Clearly. No. <laughs> he knew he was doing them a fucking favor, and that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> I would have appreciated a scene between the sheriff and uh, the father, honestly. I, I honestly think that you could have just completely cut the father character, and this would have yeah. been a smoother film. Yep. There's a lot of shit you could have cut on this <laughs> film. It could have been a lot of a better better film. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, um, anything before the first flashback is good. Everything else could have been cut. Mm-hmm. So that first uh, one minute you get, I think that should be Happy Hell Night. Yeah. <laughs> And then fucking credit and the song plays. <laughs> yeah, just the opening credits. That's it. That's all you need, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I so mean, anyway. how they put the effort into getting us, you know, a song that was originated for the movie or whatever. Like they could have gave us a better like title title card opening. You know, I'm not saying they should have changed the the cold open for the the insane asylum, but get, I don't know. Give us a little bit of a better like title card and uh, in a way, I don't know. Yeah, that that didn't really bother me. Like I, I can go with that. Um, tighter cards really don't grab me all that much, mm-hmm. unless they're really awesome, like Night of the Demons. Yeah, I don't know. When I was a kid, I loved the openings to certain movies. Like I remember how a little bit more creative the Friday the Thirteenth openings got. You know, I, yeah. I remember part six and part six. Jason lives. They had Jason walk on the screen and do a little slice, and then. It, the screen started bleeding and it bled into the title sequence. Like, I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, you know, I enjoyed the openings to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 and 4. Uh, I think that was more due to the music and whatnot. But, yeah, so I don't know. That it's, it's to each their own, but I, I've always been a big fan for creative uh, title sequences and openings and stuff like that. I, I completely agree. Um I, honestly, if they would have just done like uh, pictures of the rats and stuff, and like the spiders climbing on the webs on the guy, 
I would have been fucking fine with that because it would have yeah. still been teasing that, but it would have been something, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, back to what's actually taking place instead of our better version of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually finally get to the frat party. I, it doesn't make sense because we're already like a half hour in. Honestly, you should you should really open with something like this. But anyway, anyway, not rewriting this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are. And uh, so we get to the party and we start following a fat brother that we have never seen before. I mean, th- just a whole new character all of a sudden. And we're actually following him. It's not like we just fucking see him. What the fuck, Happy Hell Night? I mean, come on. Is it really that fucking hard to establish your characters or at least use the fucking characters you've established? Ah, Fucking hell. I mean, come on. The guy on the crutches, how hard would it have been for him to be the vampire guy hitting on everyone instead of this whole new character that we've never fucking met before? You know, I I almost feel... I'm glad I watched this a second time because it helped me formulate a little bit more of an opinion. But I almost feel like the people who made this movie all around, they, I think they had this mindset that whoever was going to be watching this was already used to the tropes and already used to the gimmicks and what's happening. And, and I think that was the mindset that they went into this. Like, we as the viewer don't really give a shit who we're following or anything like that. Just give us a character, show us some titties, give us a name so we can associate with who gets killed in what way, and boom, you got a movie. Mm, maybe we'll we'll get more into that because I actually have some ideas when we get to the end. Um, oh. So yeah, um, yeah. At the party, uh, the younger brother Sonny shows up, and because he's boning the older brother's girl, he gets sent to the mental hospital to do this hazing prank where he has to break in and get a picture of the crazy guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. We're finally finally getting this fucker rolling, and we're what a half hour or so in. Jesus Christ. Yep. Something like that. <laughs> Alright, so I literally laughed out loud at this part. I, I, I'm just curious as to if you guys noticed. So, when they get to the mental hospital, you know, they sneak onto the grounds and they have to stop because the hospital has guards with dogs, which, that's fucking bullshit. I'll, I'll tell you that right up now. That, that No. Doesn't happen. Anyway, the guard that walks by, though, with his dog, I fucking love it, man. It, it's a fucking schnauzer. Granted, it's a giant schnauzer, but it's a fucking schnauzer. How hard would it be to get a German shepherd or a, just a scary looking dog and not a fucking schnauzer? Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I saw the guard walk by with a schnauzer and I was just like, is he going to a fucking dog show? She's like laughing out loud, just ridiculous. It it it, it just showed that like officer, the, the security guy, and the dog just walking away. It didn't even show them like coming back or anything. It just showed them like walking away, sort of. Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> it just it just struck me as more incompetence. It was just like shit. We need a dog. Who has a dog? You come over here. Can we borrow yeah. your dog for a scene? What's it for? Well, the guard needs to walk by with it. Sir, it's a schnauzer. It's not a guard dog. It doesn't matter. No one will notice. (laughs) 
do I get paid for having my dog on there? No, we don't have money, but we'll show you these stunt kitties we just used. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you see the dog, so you know what happened. Yeah, you got to see the stunt kids. <laughs> All right, so they break in, and we get to watch a nurse sedate a patient and dear god i actually wish it worked like that but it doesn't and i don't know why the scene is even here i don't know if it's supposed to be funny it's not it's just stupid it was it was it was a poor attempt at humor um i, I did laugh but it was because it was so bad you know yeah. it, it's and funny. the adr burp just before they cut yeah, and then shoving a fucking needle up his, the guy's TV, TV. Oh, my God. That's what I wish I wasn't watching when I was watching this movie. <laughs> anyway, Sonny and this 35-year-old pledge, um, they actually find the guy. And for whatever reason, he's in a completely different part of the hospital than was already established 20 minutes ago in the film. Good job on continuity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, you know, try and get a good picture of him. So they have to open his cell door, which is only held closed by a fucking cross. And then, and, and then Ralph said, you know, he said, well, why doesn't he just reach his arms through and grab the cross out himself? And then I don't remember what Sonny said back, but it wasn't a convincing response. Like no. it, it didn't convince me on anything, you know, like, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but remember earlier the orderly in a different part of the hospital when they saw him said that he hasn't moved in 25 years oh yes you're right okay well apparently he does because he's now somewhere hidden in the basement and not right off a wing yeah (laughs) and of course one of these fucktards gets murdered and the little brother Sonny he runs away and then the killer takes out the nurse and escapes. I'm not going to mention any of his one-liners because they're horrible. They sound horrible. It's just bad. No TV. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll do it for you each time. <laughs> and Sonny gets pulled over to kill any momentum this film has built up. And we're going to forget about him for the next 15 minutes. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you said it like that because, God Damn, did it take him forever to get back to the house? <laughs> like, I get it. The cop pulled you over, and she said, "Well, it's wrong, son. You, you, you are the wrong part of the neighborhood tonight." It's like I just had a fight with my girlfriend. I'm sorry. Here's my license registration. Okay, it didn't need to take him like 25 more minutes to get back to the house. And Jesus Christ, you guys, how many times did it show a split second of him on his motorcycle heading back? Like, no, what the no, fuck? No. No, my favorite part is like you get a part of a guitar riff, like and a hard cut, because apparently when they originally edited it, there is a hard guitar riff while he's flying down the road towards the house, and then they just decided to use the little tiny chunks of that. Right. I didn't even (laughs) think that was a guitar riff. I thought that was just a motorcycle sound, because it was so quick. (laughs) God. It didn't take that fucking long to get back to... I mean, how long did it take him to get from the the house to the asylum? Like, five minutes? Yeah, well, the cop kept him there a while. Long enough that the killer got by them back to the house. Yeah. <laughs> After all, you know, he is a ghoul, you know. So we get back to the party, and there's more continuity issues out the fucking ass. 
I mean, the girlfriend shows up. Just tell him to meet me here. And then she gets out of the fucking car and goes and meets him. And Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait, wait. I don't know if we got to this part yet, but did we get to the part where she went in and confronted pervy Ned? No, no, where... not there yet. Not there yet. Okay, all right, all right. But they do set up that uh, uh, that Ned Barrett is um, taping the frat brothers fucking. Mm-hmm. And everyone's now just just now figured out that their pledges are late. They should have been back. And during and the party, my absolute. It was at part. It was at this part. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it was at this point that I, I realized that Ned is the Mac Daddy motherfucker of the entire movie. Because <laughs> he's mean, just he's jerking off in the just... basement looking at all the other guys have sex. He, I mean, he's he's recording all the girls. Don't give me that shit. He's recording the guys. He's recording all the women. He's, he's got the he's got the porn cam focused on the women. He had it in the shower. He had it in the room focused on the titties when they they were bouncing on the wieners. Like, come on, he he wasn't spanking his monkey to the men. He was spanking it to all the women that he'd never get to sleep with. That's true, and I do like yeah. that he mentioned that he's gonna sell the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> And how old were these kids supposedly? Were they in college? Yeah, they're, they're all supposed to be college. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Ned, you're all right in my book then. <laughs> legal. So. And, and at the end of the, the party scenes here, we get one of the best pickup lines I have ever heard in recent memory of simply, want to fuck? <laughs> I haven't seen you here lately. You want to fuck? Motherfucker, if you said that in 2018, you'd be a part of the Me Too movement if you liked it or not. (laughs) Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, And then the girlfriend, uh, she goes to the old priest at the church for help, but he decides that he's going to go pray instead. And we actually, I have to admit here, we get a pretty cool bit with uh, the Jesus statue coming to life. I actually, I thought that was pretty effective. I liked that. That was cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything silly or insulting to say about that. That was, that was, was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we're grasping at straws here, but I mean, come on, we, we got something decent so far. I mean, we're, That's we're 40 minutes in and two good scenes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you know, back at the party, the power goes out. The, the the party ends and the killer kind of makes his way through the frat house, just kind of killing off the girls and like one frat brother. And it's all mostly off screen. It's not really important to get into this. But right. at this point, uh, you know, we're jumping into the third act and this is just where it, it becomes a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, the 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 father shows up. And he finds the the priest hanging upside down on the cross, and I actually think this is another really good shot. Um, I, I really like that part with the, the the visual, the priest on the upside down cross just hanging there. That was really good. Yeah, and you know what? I was because I like I said I was watching it for a second time tonight, and uh, I had my nurse here still when uh, the movie was on, and when cause she's older. And when she saw that scene, she actually out loud reacted. She's like, oh, no, oh, no, they hung the priest upside down. <laughs> I also looked at her and said, does that offend you? Because it's a fucking movie. And she goes, she, I think she thought I was going to make fun of her. So she said, no, it didn't. But yeah, bitch, I know. 
But yeah, that was kind of a cool, like, that was one of those, hey, it was worth that it didn't get shown on camera, you know, because the, the, the end result was actually kind of cool. Yes, absolutely. Um, That one was well worth it. But, uh, you know, Sonny, he finally shows back up at the fret. You know, his 15-minute-long ticket, whatever, is old over. He, he, he teams up with his older brother and the, the girl they're both fucking. And they start searching the house. They find the one girl's friend, only for her to be murdered, right beside them. And they shoot the killer with a spear gun. Oh, God. Oh, no. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. A shark gun, according to this film. Fucking stupid film. <laughs> you know, John, you know this is basically just a, a family reunion movie in disguise. It really is. I, I mean, yeah. uh, anyway, the, the father shows up. He fills in the whole backstory about how he sold his soul and the killer is the possessed corpse of a priest and he's determined to kill him and his entire family and then the father dies or so we think. <sighs> well, thank you father and Billy Madison. We appreciated your co- contribute. Your co- yeah. yeah. Thank you for your one day of filming. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. The uh <laughs> so from here <laughs> The older brother and the girl escape out a window. The younger brother accidentally kills his father because he, he, while horribly injured, moved himself, hidden under a blanket, and uh, it's just, it's now, fucking bad. Now, I gotta ask, because they said at a certain point that the demon or the ghoul would do whatever it could to trick you and, and turn you against each other. Was that really his father? Because... It wasn't like a anything else because come on, his father was kind of already dead. They checked his fucking pulse for Christ's sakes, and then you're telling me he he, he started he got underneath the blanket. Oh uh, well, oh wait a minute, they already threw the blanket over him. That's right. But come on, it, was that really him or what the fuck? Uh, maybe I'm just looking too far into it. I you're looking know. too far. You're giving it too much credit, man. It, it, yeah, they just fucked. It, it was stupid. Uh, I just I God, I can never watch Billy Madison the same again. That's all I know. <laughs> Alright, so they know the only way to stop this is to go back to the church's crypt where it all started. And they attempt the ritual to banish the possessed priest, but he gets the older brother only to have the stop-motion figure of the younger brother save him. Yes, I said stop-motion. Good special effects. (laughs) Is that when he ran in with the bike? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) That was god awful. <laughs> that was something out of like the sixties. Like, come on. How how hard would it have been to pay one of your drunk grips over there in Europe and to be like, hey, ride this bike down the stairs with your helmet on? Okay. <laughs> I, Jesus I mean, and I'll, I'll elaborate more when we're finished with the review, but uh, it the, the the script and everything to go with the writing of this movie was too ambitious for the budget and the know-with-all of the people doing it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So uh, we got we got to close this out. We're getting there. Uh, the younger brother, he decides it's a good idea. He's going to handcuff himself to the fucking priest so he can't get away, and they finish the ritual. They open a portal, basically the wall pulls apart, and the brother and the priest disappear. Yeah, but you didn't see them actually go in. No, we just saw the light, they're they're gone, boom. 
Again, and then, no budget. And, mm, <laughs> of course. And then we jump to the girl and the older brother, and they're being taken away in an ambulance driven by the possessed priest. Yeah. And, and <sighs> then we get the Twilight Zone ending. <laughs> Is it, wait, or was that the Twilight Zone ending, or was that the Outer Limits ending? It, it had that ending where it was like, when you look in the back of the ambulance, uh, you know what I'm talking about. One of those old school movies has that type of ending. Yeah, yeah. And like, Driver says, hey, you want to see something really scary? I can't remember if that was The Outer Limits or Twilight Zone movie Twilight. ending. Okay, yeah. It was just like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's Happy Hell Night. Um, and I watched this twice. I did, too, um, because the first time I watched it, we were gearing up to do this before, and uh, by the time we actually got around to record because we got delayed... I'd forgotten everything about this. Mm. And, and to be completely honest, just to get through that jumbled mess, I have two pages of notes just to try and make sense out of what the fuck went on in this film. Oh, man. <laughs> like, uh, even just sitting here talking about it gave me a headache. That's that's how good this film is. You guys, you guys got to research Evan Stone, because... Sonny looks just like him. Fucking. <laughs> I, if anybody that's listened to this segment, this episode, in the comments, and you know who fucking Evan Stone, the porn actor, is, comment and let me know, because someone's got to know who Evan Stone is. Sonny looks just like him, just a younger version. But, it, um, it might be the same guy. It, no, it can, no, it's not the same fucking guy. I, I don't Wouldn't think Wouldn't that so. just blow your mind, though? It would, because, fuck, I didn't know that old guy was actually Billy Madison's father. <laughs> but, you know, John, I gotta tell you, because I, I was thinking this both times that I watched the film, and I guess I'll ask both of your opinions on this also. Uh, would this movie have done better if they would have dropped the whole demon-slash-ghoul gimmick and turned it into just a madman? You know, because let's be honest, the whole, the, the demon himself, the ghoul himself did not actually add much to the supernatural element of what he actually was supposed to be. Um, and, uh, no, I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually back the, 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 the demon ghoul, whatever. Um, I, I like it because it's a little different. You don't see shit like that all the time and it allows him to be unstoppable. So they could have thrown, I mean, they didn't throw much at him. They, they shot him with a spear and that was really about it, but they could have thrown a lot more at him. And it, it just, I felt like it added something different that you don't see all the time. And even though they tried to make him like Freddie, just have him shut the fuck up for one. Cause yeah, he's he, not Freddie. The one liners are horrible. He made him um, Freddy with Down syndrome or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh my god, I don't know. Like, I you 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 make a good point there. Like, you know, they did they tried something different, but again, they just didn't have the money to back up their ideas. And the overall overall the all the death scenes were very poor. You know, I I think I remember maybe one or two death scenes that I thought, okay, that was decent. But for the most part, all the death scenes were very poorly made. I, I, and, I agree. Uh, I uh, the for me the the most ridiculous one and really the only one that sticks in my memory is the girl who was who stood up uh, the older brother, which was never explained. We don't know who she is. Blah blah blah. Anyway, um, 
when she gets the uh, the ice pick, it's not an ice pick. It's a a climbing axe. When she gets the the climbing axe through her head, I like how suddenly the climbing axe is like fucking four feet long. Like and can yeah. go through the roof of the car, between the space of her head in the car, through her head and out her mouth. It's like suddenly it, it just it expanded. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I like that one, too. I, unfortunately, I decided to watch the trailer for the movie before I watched the movie. And that fucking death scene was actually just spoiled in the movie. Oh. Or, I mean, in the trailer. <laughs> so I probably would have liked it better if I would have seen it in the moment, like in the movie. But, yeah, right. that, that was an all right one. I'm a sucker for throat slashing scenes, so I actually, I, I liked the scene where he just killed the nurse and it showed the blood splatter on the TV and then her throat was bleeding. Like, I liked that one for some reason. It was I think okay. I, I think I had that vibe, like, because it, it, that was still relatively in the beginning before very many people were dying or whatever. So when I saw that, I was thinking, like, all right, th- maybe this movie's going to be okay with the gore and, you know, but no, I was mistaken. No. <laughs> Mike, do you have anything on this? I am assuming oh, he's asleep. That's great. I, that was good input for him. <laughs> well, it's about his usual. Um, all right, man. So uh, let, let's actually give our, our kind of final thoughts and rate this. Um, as you know, we do uh, one, okay. two, five, half stars allowed. Um, I'll, I'll actually let you as the guest go first, and then I will uh, I will dig into this. Oh, boy. I mean, crack house hotels. Stunt titties, terrible death scenes, a pervy guy named Ned that I actually liked. Oh, my (laughs) God. You know, overall, I'm going to have to give this movie a solid two hidden porn cam stars, cameras out of five. That's what I'm going to have to give it, two out of five stars. Um, All right. Um, For myself, this film kind of drifts back and forth between being laughable and just pathetic. I mean, it feels very choppy. And my my kind of take on this is that the film was completed and then it was re-edited and re-edited and mm. most likely re-edited again. I, I mean, that's that's what it feels like. Um, there's no sense of continuity with this. I mean, there's fucking lighting changes between shots. Uh, characters just randomly appear. It's just... It's really disappointing because there are some really nice shots in it. And the core of the story is actually pretty decent. It's just they never do it justice. <laughs> you know, um, any goodwill this film earned, they completely undo just through all the messy editing, the bad acting and that fucking horrible third act. I mean, this thing is barely watchable. In fact, I, I want to say it's the worst thing we've covered for Slasher Summer. Woohoo! Damn. Uh, actually, I'm going to say it's the second worst that I've reviewed here all year. The only one for me that has really topped this was Death Wish 3, with just how blatantly incompetent that was. Mm. I mean, literally, I had to watch this film again within a week's time because I forgot everything about it. The only memorable thing about this is the theme song. That is really the only thing I can recommend about this film is the theme song. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going with one star. 
Oof, man. I, de- I, I debated about nice. going one and a half because it made me laugh a couple times, but in all reality, it didn't make me laugh with the film. It made me laugh at the film, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've seen more terrible things than this, and I think that's why I was a little bit more forgiving on it, but yeah. Oh, I've I've... I've seen some absolute shit, but this I I struggle to to go with one and a half. I mean, it's it, it's a mess, and that, um, that's why I'm sticking with the one. Um, and I really think the biggest issue with this film is that it is a co-production between Canada and I think Yugoslavia or it, it's some Eastern European country. Mm. And I, I think that's where the problem lies. Is probably a power struggle between. The two people or the two companies co-producing this, and that's why it feels so choppy and everything else. Yeah, yeah. The ideas were good, and the, you know the writing was sometimes at, at, at certain points like gonna have hit its peak, you know, and maybe get a little bit good. But yeah, it just the the movie just falls flat out on its face, like uh, almost every step. Yeah, it, it really does, but um. Let's let's actually get into the disc and the the presentation of it because I I think that's a little bit more positive. Let's leave leave on, on a slightly positive note. <laughs> um, I actually think this is another really good transfer from eighty eight films. Uh, the picture's clear. The colors are nice and sharp. Um, there is print damage that you're going to notice. Uh, if you pay attention, you're going to notice scratches, specks of dirt. It's fairly minor, but it is there throughout the film. It's to be expected. Yeah, with something like this, you're not going to get a perfect picture. It, it's it's pretty good. It's it's not going to detract you, but if you actually pay attention to quality, you're going to notice it. And right. this film's not going to engross you enough that you are going to completely overlook all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when we get to the special features on this... Uh, they're probably the best you're going to get for this. Um, we get a commentary track, two interviews, one with an actress. It's the random girl that uh, kind of blows off the guy and the composer. And then we get the trailer. That so, is who they interviewed? The One of the random characters that wasn't yeah. even a part of anything? Yeah, yeah. The random girl that shows up at the party says she'll only fuck the guy if he wears a condom and then disappears. We didn't even get the stunt titty bitch to, to do the interview? No. no. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I, I must admit, I did, unfortunately, skip over the spe- special features. I don't, know, I don't know why I didn't think that I needed to check that out. But I think just because by the time this movie was over, I was like, oh, fuck, thank God it's over. But, uh, yeah, I can Man, get I would have thought that they would have tried to interview someone that was actually important. At least interview Ned. <laughs> well, they might have tried. Everyone... Probably just keeping this at a big, big fucking distance, like just completely separating themselves. Yeah, you know they they could have called up Ned, the lead, everyone, and be like, "Hey, would you like to talk about this?" No, that wasn't me. I wasn't in that. (laughs) Well, I I didn't play a character where I was putting fucking hidden cameras and dorm rooms and shit. Uh, Um. All right. Uh, from what I can tell. This is the superior version of Happy Hell Night. Sadly, though, I'm pretty sure this is Region B locked. So there's that issue. However, uh, Code Red also has released this. Um, 
the transfer quality is pretty damn close from everything I can tell. So really, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Um, I don't know. They don't really have shit for special features, though. So that's why I'm really saying the 88 Films version is the superior version. Uh, Quality-wise, it looks real close. I think 88 is a little bit better. And they do actually have some special features. So, yeah, if you're a fan of this weird-ass 90s horror flick, I guess I recommend you can grab this version um, if you can watch it on Region B. However, if you're just curious and you want to see a mess of a film, which I completely understand, you should really just watch this online. Uh, It's available through Amazon Prime for free. So if you're just looking for a hot mess or or actually um, if you're looking for something to put on for your Halloween party, just one of the films to play throughout. Totally recommend this. It is a horror film. You'll be able to glance at the screen occasionally during the party and see something weird going on. So it's perfect for that just to play in the background. This movie is the visual representation of a heroin overdose. That's what this movie is. This movie, it's just a fucking travesty is what it is. I mean, because like I said, there's, there's potential there. Somebody actually composed some good shots and then it just got edited to shit. And it, it just, it feels like at one point they started to make a really good film and then it all went to fucking hell. Well, you know, John, according to rehab centers, there's potential for heroin addicts also, but no. No, there's not. No. <laughs> exactly. This movie sucked. God damn it. The next time you guys invite me on here, give me a fucking better movie to watch. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We will try and do our best. But uh, until then, Cody, thank you so much. Uh, It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'll be back.
Terrified by real life? Us too! You like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts, for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. And welcome back for our final review. But joining me, we have a very special guest, one I am deeply honored to have on. We have one Ricky Morgan from Under My Wheels and House of Wax. Ricky, thank you so much for taking the time, man. <laughs> yeah, man, anytime. I was like, wow, that's that's the two he's going to mention. You know, I was like, cool, all right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going, yeah, I'm going recent, so. Recent, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, short bus is is taking a little detour for a while, and hell, Ming, who knows that? Hopefully, that'll come back around too. But yeah, uh, so I just talked to myself in a car. Great, let's bring this guy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if people are listening to us, they definitely know who you are. They definitely know your previous stuff. So I'm trying to to pimp your new shit. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, this is gonna be great. Um, of course, I've been listening to the to y'all show for quite a while, and and it's kind of cool to kind of get around to a lot of these shows that you're like, one day when I grow up, I get to be on that show. So uh, <laughs> this is another one of those, man. This is awesome. See, it's funny because uh, I was actually in that place, and now I host this show, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, right? I know, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we're here to talk about Blood Harvest. And yeah. uh, man, before we uh, we we uh, dive into this, I just have to ask, 
did you have any previous experience or even knowledge of this film beforehand? I, you know what? I remember the talk about a movie with one certain character, <laughs> Tiny Tim, being in, in a horror movie. And I was just like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so that's all I really knew about this. And I didn't, matter of fact, even when we talked, you talked about having me on the show and I didn't, I still didn't even know this was the movie that that happened in. And I was, I looked it up and I was like, oh man, all right, let's see how this works out. <laughs> well, as, as I've said previously, um, with this, we decided we were just going to focus on 88 films for our slasher summer. So we sat down and we looked at all the ones they had and we narrowed it down to titles that we were interested in. And this right. one held on. Uh, I think Mike was actually championing it. And uh, uh, I, I think I gave you like three of our final titles and you were, you just flat out said, I don't give a shit. So I tossed right. it up real quick, I think, on our Instagram, and uh, I think it was only up for like two hours, something like that, and people voted real quick. It won, so here we are. Yay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and as for myself, I had no knowledge. Um, it was the movie that had the clown on the cover. Uh but yeah, right. just just like you, I'd heard about uh, Tiny Tim being in a horror movie. You know, it was one of those things. I was talking to somebody at, at work about you know tiptoeing through the tulips. It's really the only song of his I know. And somebody's just like, "Well, right. yeah, you know, he's in a horror movie. You're into that stuff." What? No. When <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember yeah. at that time looking it up, and yeah, man, I never watched it. Never had any intentions. Never thought that's something I need to see, but. Lo and behold, thanks to our lovely listeners, uh, we've seen it now. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I can say I'm a better man, you know, getting through that experience. <laughs> <laughs> better or more corrupted? Uh, well, it's pretty hard yeah, to corrupt you know, this. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just uh, the the fact of uh, that this movie exists, and and I'm sure we'll get into it as we talk. But it's a uh, it's just that day and age where, hey, we've got a camera, let's make a movie, and uh, it, it really kind of has that feel about it. It's like, wait a minute, uh, you really didn't think this through, did you? <laughs> uh, well. That's what's actually weird about this. I mean, obviously, this is a, a very low budget film, and yep. I think it had a crew of something like eight, something ridiculous, and we pretty much yeah. see them all yeah. through the film, I believe. But uh, yeah, uh, the the part was actually written specifically for Tiny Tim. Him and the director were friends, and he was in the midst of i guess getting the slasher going was just like you know what we need we need fucking tiny tim in this yeah and and that's kind of the feel i mean i haven't done a whole lot of research on this movie even after watching it <laughs> there wasn't many questions i had when it was finished <laughs> but this is obviously <laughs> this is obviously a film where you can say this Somebody in charge of this, either the director or producer, knew a couple of 
maybe celebrities and said, <laughs> hey, I can get these people. Let's put them in a movie. And that's, uh, you know, what better you know frame of doing that than, than a horror flick. I love when you look up the director. <laughs> it, it says Bill Bill Rebane, American politician and film director. <laughs> well, okay, which is it? <laughs> well, film director didn't quite pan out past the eighties, so <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. It, it, I, yeah, this movie definitely has the 80, 80 stamped all over it too. So. Oh yeah, I. Here's the here's the thing for me. I mean, when you're running for office, let's let's. I don't even know when he ran, but let's say it was late nineties, early two thousands. Do you even mention that you're a filmmaker? Because right. do you really want people going back and seeing this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, apparently so. If it made the. Uh, 88 films collection <laughs> there you go yeah all right so, i mean it's got it's got something going for it because it's been included in a set so it's hey it's more than what i've done <laughs> so you know hats off to you bill you know <laughs> uh all right so let's let's actually dive into this um this film uh we we actually kick it right off with a really weird cold open because Right off, we get Tiny Tim as a clown singing. <laughs> and then there's a murder. And then we get a farm auctioned off in front of an angry mob. <laughs> and an angry Tiny Tim as well. And I'm like, they just like he, he don't even know what's going on, but they just had to throw him out there. You know, <laughs> he's, he's just there. He hasn't even got the makeup fully off from just doing the singing part. And he's just standing there like, no, no. Everyone else is yelling and screaming. And he's just like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And the, I, I love the uh, the overdubbed auctioneer, too, because you can obviously tell <laughs> this is not this dude's voice. <laughs> oh, I, but the, I actually kind of like this cold open. I mean, it's so fucking weird and out there. Yeah, it just starts. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like, it actually sets everything up kind of nicely. We have a really weird fucking character. Everyone's pissed off because of the auctions, and, you know, there's murder. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I have to admit, I mean, even though on this budget, the the uh, the uh, throat slicing stuff looks really good, actually. Oh, my God, yeah. I was, I was shocked. I mean, the very first throat cut we get looks great. And the rest it of really them does. mostly hold up. I mean, there's one effect later in the film we'll discuss that yeah. you can see, obvious. But yeah, the rest of it, I'm I'm shocked. I mean, yeah. this, I, I, I was even looking at it, going, okay, you know, you can't see where they built up the makeup or anything. It looked really good. I know that's that's exactly what I was thinking because this was '87, you know, but this is this is pretty much a micro budget, man. Right. I, they're not even shooting on 35. They got fucking 16 millimeter. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that that really surprised me when when I when I saw the the effect. I was like, all right, okay, all right. I, I'm I'm tuning in. Yeah. I, I mean, the cold open happens. It, it kind of sets everything up. It's weird, but I'm kind of going with it. And then we get that throat cut. Just title over. All right. Okay. Let's see what you got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, you know and. Sadly, that's what we asked. 
<laughs> yeah, because uh, from right here we get Jill. You know, this is going to be our main character. She's returning to her hometown, and she discovers – I don't know how she doesn't know this beforehand, but she discovers that everyone in the town hates her family because of the foreclosures. And, you know, <laughs> she goes home to realize or discover her home's vandalized. There's a burnt scarecrow hanging in the living room, and her parents are missing. <laughs> yeah, welcome home. Uh, yeah, I know, right? what, yeah. Wouldn't you know any of this stuff? I mean, would that be a reason to come back home because your parents are missing? I'm just, you know, throwing ideas out there. But did this happen on her way back in that's only three or four hours away? I'm just trying to figure it out. Not to mention her selection of of traveling shoes is not the best. (laughs) It's like, man, those are not built for comfort. (laughs) Well, Here's the thing that I, I will give this. Everyone in town seemed to know she was coming back, right? So I'm right. assuming her family was talking about it. And our our killer, we're, we're, we'll hold off on that. I mean, <laughs> why spoil it? The, the film does. But I think the killer, upon hearing that she was coming back, kind of just kicked his whole plan into gear and, and, and got rid of the parents. Yeah. I, yeah. I get. I I don't know. They're, we don't really need a reason. They're just fucking gone. It's a setup, <laughs> right? Right. But the best thing happens right after that because you know fucking Merv is just hanging out in the kitchen with some flowers, <laughs> being weird as shit. <laughs> uh, I picked them for you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jill. Yeah, why are you in my house? (laughs) He's just fucking hanging out there with some flowers and full clown, you know, regalia, man. Makeup, the whole fucking deal. Yeah, I mean, a a jacket with tails on it with a rainbow on the back. (laughs) I mean, full face makeup that makes Joaquin Phoenix look like a fool right now. (laughs) (laughs) And just. You know, she walks in her front door of her own house, and this dude is just sitting there. Well, he's not sitting there. He's standing there at the sink. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's not weird at all. And, and, like, you can tell that Tiny Tim's not a trained actor at all. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) But the way he plays that, I pick them for you. You don't (laughs) want them? It's almost, like, menacing, like. You can tell the director said smile the entire time. It's almost just like, take these fucking flowers or I'm going to snap your neck. And it's right off. I'm just like, oh, God, Tiny Tim's the fucking killer in this. All right. Well, I mean, I've always thought he was a killer anyways, even out of this movie. So, you know, it's just how how creepy can you get? You know, (laughs) he did kill music. So, ooh, that ukulele, man. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that he would be pretty much the death of the ukulele. And here we are now where everybody and their cousins trying to learn to play one. Man, hey, we need we need another that. Tiny Tim. Oh, God, don't say that. How, how about a a uh, a larger Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I'm larger Tim. <laughs> if that's the case, it needs to be a midget, though. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> playing, playing like a full-size, like, stand-up bass. <laughs> <laughs> It should just be like a tribute act to Tiny Tim. Big Tim. <laughs> Big Tim. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've just I just ran us off in the ditch. 
no, no, it's okay. Because I was just about to say the the stand up bass should look like a giant penis too. I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> that's a given, though. I mean, you know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so back to this one. Um, Tiny Tim uh, and his brother are there. They kind of fuck off. We'll we'll talk more about them. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody then calls her and tells her to fuck off, and then a brick comes crying through the window. (laughs) And I I just busted out laughing when this happened, too. (laughs) Because, I mean, it's just like, hello? Okay, bitch. (laughs) It's like what? Yeah, and then automatically, there's a brick, and it's just like, well, that's it's really oddly timed. They they didn't have cell phones back then, or at least they weren't that popular. Exactly. I mean, there's no way the person on the phone <laughs> could have done this. I mean, it had, had to have been like, you do this, and I'll do this. <laughs> we gotta sync our watches up, okay? <laughs> Don't throw it till you hear the the phone stop ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me exactly 10 seconds to say, fuck you, bitch, okay? (laughs) That or it was one of those giant fucking cell phones, and that was actually the brick. They just threw that fucker through. (laughs) Just just the whole idea, though, that, I mean, they don't know who's going to answer the phone. (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. I I did, man. I just busted out laughing. I like how... (laughs) Gary and Marv just left. So either they passed the guy standing out there with the brick. Right. Or one of them just decided, hey, let's just throw the brick through the window. Fuck her. Just do it on the way out. (laughs) She didn't appreciate my flowers. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so all this shit freaks her out, obviously. And she decides, you know, I'm I'm just going to cut through the woods, go back to town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! And, and she gets, she runs right into the middle of a paintball game that's apparently taking place in her backyard. It gets shot accidentally. How the? F- Everyone else is wearing camo and like a six foot tall dude, and they confuse this five foot five petite little brunette for one of them and shoot her right in the fucking face. <laughs> well, just the fact that she runs outside and can see one of them. And that's who she starts chasing, you know, because that's yeah. supposedly who threw the brick or whatever. <laughs> and you just wonder this paintball game is just ridiculous, man. And then he says, when he when he shoots her, he's like, oh, maybe I sh- let me give you a ride to town. And the yeah. truck is right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she stood up, wiped her head, and two steps away is this big, <laughs> Bigfoot wannabe truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely compensating for something with that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I love how he drops her off. It's just like, hey, can I make this up to you with a date? I'm engaged. Well, how about some meaningless sex? <laughs> man after the 80s. my own heart. That's the eighties, man. I mean, that's you know, anything goes. <laughs> oh. I, I automatically related to that character. I wanted to see him again. I, I was kind of hoping that he was going to be our, our surprise hero at the end. It's just like, yeah, that would have been awesome. Would it? <laughs> he just randomly showed up at the end instead of Marv and was just like, I'm here for that meaningless sex. <laughs> Brought some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you don't mind. I ate some of it already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she goes into town. To the sheriff. 
<laughs> this guy. <laughs> and at this point, I'm going, okay, could they just not afford a sheriff's outfit? Or, <laughs> I mean, she walks into this office and he's dressed in a softball outfit because apparently he's going to go play a softball game. Yeah. And at least they made reference to it because I didn't think they were going to say anything. I thought they were just going <laughs> to let it go. And eventually goes, well, I guess that's going to put an end to my softball game. I'm like, well, finally, <laughs> we get an explanation for this outfit. But he never, you never really see him in a full sheriff outfit, do you? Maybe you uh, do. I don't know. Later, when, yeah. when he breaks up the cuckold moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's in full regalia. Um, I, 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 like, on one hand, this is so dumb. But on the other hand, I like it because you can tell this guy does not give a fuck about Ooh. his job. No. Mm-mm. Well, it's this tiny little farming community. He, you know, there's hardly any crime, probably. And the only murder that's happened that is ever mentioned is unsolved because, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. He's more interested in playing cards and softball. And wait, you, you're telling me somebody vandalized your house. Your parents are missing. And then there was threatening phone calls and somebody threw a brick. You want me oh, to go you- investigate this now? <laughs> I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> I, we forgot to mention the vandalizing person. too, man, because they wrote all over the outside of the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's what blew me away is when she convinces him to go back to the house and it's all gone. I'm like, how long was she gone? Three days? Because how long <laughs> would it take to wash that stuff off? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they go back and you you get a glimpse of the house. And the sheriff's like, this better not be a joke. And I'm just sitting there like, did they just fuck up continuity or is it all cleaned up now? And then th- they go in the side. Everything's cleaned up. And he's just kind of like, you're a dumb bitch. Don't call me. And, and then he just fucking takes off. I-, I love that the cops just flat out says, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then while this is going on, though, we we get a glimpse of uh, uh, Marv going into this old fruit cellar, and he's trying to feed a captive woman. All right, so this is just basically trying to hammer home the slightly odd Marv is our killer. You know that that's yeah. what they're really hitting at. Absolutely, like, this guy that dresses up like a clown, kind of sing talks, and is really weird. He's our killer. Yeah, And, you know, for the experienced horror audience watching that, I'm just kind of like, hmm, I think you're trying to trick me here. Exactly. (laughs) You get the scene where he's at the church in full makeup and he's praying. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much good. is Is he really dealing with what he's done in his past or is this somebody that's just been, you know, just just a loony bin guy, you know, which yeah. is, you know. I, I do appreciate do. that it goes straight from the captive woman to him in church. <laughs> and I like how he's even like singing his prayer. Right. Yeah. Tiptoe <laughs> <laughs> oh. through the altar. <laughs> and the priest just shows up like, uh, uh, can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 no, father, no, don't, don't worry about me. And he just fucks off out of there. 
<laughs> Can you imagine that priest? <laughs> God damn it. I need to get some locks for these doors. <laughs> exactly. I got to put a guard at the door or something. <laughs> Security <laughs> camera or something. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) So then uh, Mars brother, Gary, he kind of shows up. He takes Jill on this walk. And the two kind of reconnect. We get a little bit of backstory. And, you know, it's not a bad moment, I guess. We we set up the character dynamic and, you know, it works. (laughs) Yeah, apparently they grew up together as kids and... You know, you kind of get all that backstory. They got a tree house that they built together, I guess you would say. And so, yeah, you kind of get this rekindling of, of things from the past and, yeah, yada, yada. Yeah. So, so you're again, it's the setup of, you know, okay, this guy will probably be the guy that, you know, is here till the end or whatever. So Yeah, you're thinking he's going to be the one to try and help save her, all that. And we also do get, you know – the the fact that he still has feelings for her, that comes across and that uh tragedy happened with his family. We don't quite know what yet, but <laughs> which is a yeah, which is an oddly shot scene too. Oh. <laughs> well we even <laughs> open with that just that clip of him just staring out the window. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright. Speaking of what the fuck <laughs> later that night Jill's trying to take a shower and somebody breaks into the basement to simply shut off the cold water. What the fuck is the point of that? <laughs> I I don't get the point of the scene. I don't get a point of the turning off the hot water or the, the cold water. So it's scalding hot. I, it, my best guess is just so we got to see her naked. Right, yeah, yeah, and and that that you're starting off going okay, uh, not bad, and then it kind of gets to where we kind of just hang on that a lot throughout the rest of this movie. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, that's that's not weird. So she's trying to figure out what the fuck's up with that, and then of course, Merv shows up. I kept saying Merv earlier. It's Merv. I'm sorry. Merv shows up, and he makes her coffee, <laughs> and tries to cop a feel. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's that's pretty standard. You know, that's a that's a, a social thing you do, I guess, in the farm community. <laughs> I mean, that's typically what I do. I show up at a woman's house pretty late at night, you know, let's say nine ten, and I'll fix her a cup of coffee and try and grab a boob. I mean, why not, right? That's that's how it goes. It's compensation, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she. <laughs> She kicks Merv out, and then later we get this whole scene in her bedroom, which, by the way, loved the uh, commando poster above her bed. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many times do you think she laid there rubbing one out, just fucking staring <laughs> at Schwarzenegger? I know I did, just watching this movie. But <laughs> uh, she's there. And we realize that somebody's outside on the swing set. No, we don't realize somebody is. It's pretty obvious who it is. That's what I can understand why she went through all this trouble of calling the sheriff and all that stuff, because there's not many people's head that's shaped like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
Uh, let's see. Somebody just left here that uh, was weird <laughs> that grabbed my boob, and, and their head was shaped just like that dude that's sitting out there. It could be him. <laughs> but here's here's the thing, man. This scene should have actually been tense. You know, this should have been kind of what kicks off. You know, the second act. Let's let's kind of get into what's creepy. Let's let's build this up. And they just they don't know how to build tension. Nah, nah. <laughs> the idea was there, but they didn't put any real thought behind it. So, and again, you got small crews. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. They they did miss an opportunity here at this point of the movie. They could have done something cooler. And and you kind of see that throughout from here on. It's like yeah, this could have been pretty good right here if you would have just uh, you know done something a little different. But hey, there you go. That's why it's not a major film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hold on, kids. It gets weirder <laughs> from here. Because <laughs> after the sheriff tells Marv to fuck off, stop being a weirdo hanging out, he's just like, I didn't want anyone to hurt you. Right. Jill's like, oh, well, thank God. I'm going to bed now. For somebody to sneak into her room then. And chloroform her while she's asleep, <laughs> strip her nude, and take pictures of her. <laughs> yeah. Fuck? Yeah. Not do anything to her physically other than no. just tie her down, but just take pictures of her. <laughs> I literally had no idea where this film was going at this point. I, I was just sitting there like, okay, show me what you got because oh. I got no ideas. Totally agree, man, because you're just sitting there going, yeah, either this is a (laughs) – either this person that's doing this is really loony. I mean, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because of later on. I mean, this is – she's out. She's completely out. Oh, yeah. You know, you could could grate her with a cheese grinder at this point, and and she'd not know it, you know. So, hey, I'm just going to strip her down and take some pictures. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say this is the first time I've ever seen this in the film. And like I said, man, I at this point, I had no idea what to expect. I was just sitting there like a fucking Arnie Cunningham, like, show me. <laughs> uh, yeah, if this was if it was Bill, Bill Cosby, it'd been a totally different story <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I I actually wonder if this is what inspired him. <laughs> if he he was just sitting down watching this with Tiny Tim, because I imagine those two hung out. You know, Tiny, zippity doop. What you got here is a really good idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> should have put it though. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Shame dude. on us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Jill's fiance, um, Scott, you know the most blatant <laughs> '80s looking guy ever. Man, this guy. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, it looks like he wanted to be Zach Morris, but just didn't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> He shows up and he's trying to get some and she plays hard to get for a tiny bit. And then 
I thought they were just kind of fuck. Like it's to that point is just like, all right, this is the kind of movie we're going to get. All right. So he's just going to fuck her now. <laughs> and Gary is just being this fucking weirdo watching outside. Like it looks like deer in the headlight, just staring like, I, what? I can't look away, but <laughs> like at this point, it really should have just been her bent over the fucking couch. And this guy just railing her. Yeah. Why not go there? Why? Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the, of course, the whole thing of uh, you got to catch me first. I'm like, <laughs> you you ran to the next room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, just kind of snooping around, looking through the window, and obviously not happy about it. No, no. But he stood there long enough. You know, he started he started to play a little pocket hockey. I think. Yeah, he put two and two together. He knew what was going on. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Scott realizes there's no beer there, so he he's he's got to take off. <laughs> which you know, uh, okay, I understand. I don't drink anymore, but when I did, yeah, that would have been a deal breaker for me too. I'd have been like, oh well, I gotta make a beer run here. <laughs> But as he's leaving, he sees somebody fuck off into the barn. So he goes to check it out. As you sure, because that's what you do, right? Well, hey, man, if I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere at my fiance's house and I see somebody fuck off into her barn, yeah, I'm probably going to go investigate. You know, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. And the baseball bat to the face? Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh I think we should have got a little bit better the better effect when we saw his face than right. just a little bit of blood trickled by his ear, but eh. Right. Well, the chances are they didn't know what they were going to hit him with, so they had to make him look like he got hurt somehow. So they did that first, then went back and shot the <laughs> baseball thing. Let's see, what, what do we have laying around here? A uh, tennis it's racket? A, uh, <laughs> a, a lawn dart? Uh, no. Baseball bat. Okay, yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> What about this golf club? No, I said we're going with the baseball bat. <laughs> now, a golf club would have made more sense as far as where the you know, the wound he had there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to see it after, like right after it happened too. So you know the bruising and stuff hadn't happened yet. So. Right, right. Well, it doesn't <laughs> happen later in the film either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so then we go back to the house to catch up with Jill, who's now practicing ballet. Of course. And these fucking camera angles, I'm starting to wonder, did Bill Moonlight in porn? Because <laughs> yeah. literally, it's like center frame crotch. Yep. All right, now, raise your leg up. Higher. Wider. Oh, my God. I literally... I. <laughs> I thought I'd stumbled into like a softcore horror movie. Uh, I I think that uh, you know the camera's <laughs> probably sitting back a bit, and he just told him, "Hey, just zoom in real close." And she thinks we're getting the full shot over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was the cameraman. He was the he was oh. the DP too. He knew exactly what he was doing. Then. <laughs> no, no, no. This angle's great right here. Isn't yeah. it a little bit by my crotch? No, 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 no. It's, it's yeah. great. We're, we're I'm not getting that at all. Yeah. <laughs> not, get, not getting that at all. 
Uh, so then Gary and Murph show up for some fucking weirdness, and that's really about it. Because then her friend comes <laughs> over. And they hang out for a while. And as she goes to leave, she realizes that she's locked out of her car, which, how the fuck does that happen? I mean, come on, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's chased into the barn. And yep. I like the arrow part. I thought that was nice. Yep. It looked yeah. good for the most part. It's kind of like the uh, scissors shot from uh, uh, Phenomena there a little bit. A hand up against the ledge, you shoot, you know, into the arm or into the hand, but you still got some hand motion going on. You know, it's not as yeah. intricate as what Argento did, but it's it looked pretty good, man. I thought it yeah, looked pretty it good. did. Um, but then, then I like okay, I I have to ask you, do you think Bill is just a raging perv, or do you think his producer was? Because they pulled man, yeah. the arrow out. And then yeah. before they can kill her, they strip her down to bra and panties. Right. Because that's just what you do. You you know, your hoist is only so strong. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to get as much body weight off as possible. Yeah, because that miniskirt <laughs> and top really weighed a whole lot. I mean, dude's not that strong in the first place. So he's got to be able to <laughs> hoist them up in the air. So naked would be your best answer, I guess. I, I'm At this point, I'm just wondering. It's just like, what the fuck? fuck is going on <laughs> either bill just got divorced and hasn't been able to get any in a long time he's just like all right well, <laughs> we're gonna strip you nude to kill you what, why that's not my contract well we're doing it you didn't do it to mr baseball head over there <laughs> <laughs> that or the producer just came from porn and this was him trying to go legit and he's just like no 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 you know what the, you know what the kids would like let's rip her clothes off and then kill her yeah, well, and, and again, in the 80s, that was not a unusual thing. There was lots of nudity everywhere, so it probably just probably just felt like the normal thing to do at that point. Yeah, um, and then, you know, they do strip her, they kill her, and this is really the only throat slitting that's a tiny bit off, because you could tell that yeah. it looks more like the blood's coming from her tits, so they could hide it, but yeah. it, it still looks good. I'm not complaining. Yeah, it, it works. It's just uh, I, I'm trying to figure out because the majority of them he just cuts and they're leading into the hay, but then the, the dude he's got up there he's actually got a bucket under his head. I'm like, why? <laughs> we're, we're about to find out why, Ricky. Uh, that's right. Here, let, let me tell you a story, okay? So Jill is relaxing, and somebody creeps in to chloroform her again. <laughs> this time they take her to the barn, and I swear to God. I thought I was going to watch a cuckold scene. Like I, I could have sworn that suddenly there's just like, ah, oh, this is where they got the inspiration for Pornhub. <laughs> so he's just going to fuck her right in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> I hand to God. I swear to God. I thought that was going to happen, <laughs> but the sheriff shows up. So the, the killer has to bring her back in and throw her down. <laughs> why did the sheriff yeah. show up uh, yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah just out of nowhere uh, yeah, just he doesn't even knock with on the, the sirens on with the sirens yeah. and his lights on yeah doesn't knock on the door or anything <laughs> looks around and then just leaves <laughs> so then the killer is all frustrated he just goes out and kills scott 
Yeah. But here's where that bucket comes in, Ricky. Because Jill right. comes to from the color form, goes to get a drink because, I, I don't know, I guess you get dry mouth from that. And just like Carrie, the fucking blood just goes all over her, all over the right. floor. And she freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> Gary shows up out of nowhere. Like, we don't hear a front door, nothing. He no. just comes running in from he the just, living room. It's like he just come up through the floor all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, where'd he come from? <laughs> Ta-da, I'm here. <laughs> Runs in. And, and he's just like, oh, I got you, I got you. She's freaking out. He carries her into the shower. Strips her nude and is stroking her breasts in the tub. I mean, he's like yeah. hugging her from behind. He's in the tub with her, and it's just like she's in like comatose basically. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, takes her to the couch, lays her down completely nude. I like how we have that scene where you could see him think about it. He yeah. sits down. And he's like, should I? Yeah, top button's <laughs> coming off. I should. And he tries to rape her. Like, flat out. There's insertion. Yeah. She's like, oh, Scott. Not Gary. Scott. And she comes to, and she's, like, completely understanding about this. She's just like, look, Gary. You <laughs> I and don't I think are of friends. that way. <laughs> I love you like a brother. You can't be putting your penis in me when I'm asleep. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I, it's pretty bizarre. I, <laughs> I mean, if that's how things were in the 80s, holy shit. Yeah. We got completely lied to in most Hollywood films. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. I need to start talking to some of the older ladies at work. Now, in the 80s, did you ever just come to and have a man's penis in you? Did that just happen regularly? Uh-huh. Oh, honey, let me tell you. <laughs> Not only did I lose my virginity that way, but that's how I had my first 15 boyfriends. <laughs> oh, man. When you woke up with a new one, that's when you broke up with the old one. That's right. It's casual. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyone that's ever seen a horror film at this point in time, you know Gary's the killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you might have known it earlier when you just saw our lunatic running around with a stocking on his head, a pair of pantyhose, and you're like, "Yeah, that's dude." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, it's one of those things. Like a sweater, but yeah, it's like uh, you, you know, you couldn't try a little harder and like really put on a mask of some sort. Let's just <laughs> wear something where you can still really tell who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like how baseball to Scott's face. Two seconds later, Gary's walking from the barn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't put that together, can you? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, they can't let this go. Maybe it is Merv. So Merv shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe it is Merv. Even though he just flat out found out he's not. (laughs) Yeah. The the filmmaker's like, no, 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 no. It's still Merv. You got to think that. So Merv shows up, drags Jill to his cabin. And shows her evidence that, you know, Gary covered up his parents' suicide. Because, you know, that's incriminating as fuck. Why not just show her the pictures that Gary took of her or all the murdered bodies? I I don't know. Well, I do know. Merv's a retard, so that's right. why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he just, whatever he could get his hands on, I guess, is, you know, I made this for you. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. I mean, I I can't really fault the character. I he did his best to really show what kickstarted everything. I I, I believe, but uh, Gary Gary finds them. They fight and. You know, we're still to think Merv's the killer. He grabs his scissors. He's going to stab him. So Jill just shoots Merv. Like, no, guys, stop. No, nothing. No, just grabs a handgun, fucking shoots him. Bam. They just happen to be laying around, you know. Loaded. Yeah, yeah. Man, you got to fucking love the 80s. Casual yeah. sex like that. Handguns just fully loaded. You don't even have to put one in the chamber. That fucker's locked, cocked, That's and right. ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> Chloroform in every fucking local drugstore. Sure. Yeah. Everything was accessible. That's right. You never knew when you were going to need that stuff. <laughs> oh, that girl I used to have a crush on. She's coming back to town. So, Bill, you still got any of that chloroform back there behind the counter? <laughs> Sure I do. Got a fresh shipment the other day. <laughs> Your dad this was just a, in for a bottle the other day. This is a drugstore, right? I've got everything. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, fuck. So, so as soon as Marv goes down, <laughs> Gary just full on unleashes his crazy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, this is perfect. This is why I killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes perfect sense, man. <laughs> There's nobody holding us back now. It's That's just right. you and me. It's just like zero to a hundred, not even 60. We didn't stop <laughs> off there. He's just full blown fucking crazy at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And she but, does her best to kind of play it off, too, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does, and then realizes that when he's just talking all crazy, he means I've killed your parents, too. She freaks, runs off. <laughs> but she tries to run off. <laughs> it's like, oh, you could have timed that a little bit better. <laughs> you know? You know, but, do a little damage to him first, then try to take off. Don't just, you know, do a... <laughs> don't try to do your best Carl Lewis imitation. I mean, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Th that, that chase scene's horrible. Yeah, it's bad. It was, yeah, bad. Bad chase scene. She tries to call the cops. He shows up. So, of course, she goes to the barn to hide. And what does yeah. she find there? <laughs> yeah. I, so, yeah, we get the big reveal of all the dead bodies. Right. Yeah, the entire cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole crew is now hanging upside down. We just have even, Bill running the camera. <laughs> I mean, even the whole paintball team hanging up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh so gary and her fight and I, i'll give her credit she actually stabs him this time i think that's like a, a hook for hay bales i'm not sure yeah but either way go straight through his fucking arm and this is this is the effect i was talking about earlier you can <laughs> you can clearly terrible. tell he's just laying on his arm with a fake one right there and the hay right. kind of trying to disguise it <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty bad. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's obvious, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And of course, I've, my whole thing is like, why would you, why wouldn't you go for something a little more, you know, crucial? Not his arm. Why <laughs> you wouldn't know? you pull it out and stab him again if that's all you got just randomly? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, if you like, know oh, these guys fuck. already killed all these people, you know, <laughs> wounding him is not going to make him go, oh, you're right. Maybe I should stop. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you're like, fuck, I meant to stab you in the face. Here, let me pull it out. Now yeah. I'm going to stab you in the face. <laughs> Stand still. Okay. <laughs> all right, so they chase each other around a little bit more. He catches her. And, of course, classic 80s style, we have to monologue now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, why? Why Why the big monologue? Because uh, we I, grew up with Scooby-Doo, man. You feel like you have to do these things to make everybody that's really dumb understand what you just tried to put on film but just failed at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I get that, and you know, from the standpoint of okay, most of these kids watching this are probably going to be at a drive-in or a grindhouse. They're going to be making out, grabbing tits and cocks, and smoking weed. They're not going to know what happened. This film's too advanced for them. We yeah. gotta spell it out. Gotta explain it to them. Yep. <laughs> so, I I do like this though. Merv just shows up out of nowhere and shoots sure. his brother. Yeah. Shoots him right in the shoulder before he can stab Jill. Yep. Perfect timing. I, I like it. All right. Tiny Tim's the, the hero. And <laughs> did, did you notice they're walking out the door into sunshine? This took the entire <laughs> night. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but you're right. <laughs> the, the horrible chases and monologuing took the entire night. <laughs> <laughs> man oh uh, and then we get the the fucking greatest cliffhanger ever gary's not dead <laughs> hard cut of course credits. not of course not oh <laughs> uh, yeah and not only do we get credits though we get tiny tim providing the soundtrack well of course <laughs> Uh, it's probably what they really hired him for. And it's like, oh, we don't really have money to pay you for this music. Uh, what else would you – well, you could write me in the movie. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, and uh, supposedly the sheriff, too, is some kind of sports figure. He's not really an actor. He's somebody that's known for being some kind of big, big athlete person. Really? At the time. Yeah. Or oh, back yeah. in this heyday or whatever. and. So it was like kind of a deal for him to be in it too, even though he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never got that. Um, all right, I, I before we even get into ratings, I have to toss this out to you. For whatever reason, watching this, I kept getting little. Uh, I can't even really say hints, but it it just kept reminding me of House of the Devil. And yeah, I can kind of see that. I want to say if they ever remade this, they should do it in the tone of House of the Devil. Make it sure. be one fucking night. It's a mystery, and everything just keeps building up. I, yeah. That could the actually work. <laughs> the, the mistake they made with this movie was trying to put too much into it. When you could right. just simplify it, you don't, you don't have to have – a lot of this crazy backstory stuff for no reason. I mean, ex, you know, a kid you grew up with that was always obsessed with you, snaps, has a retarded brother. You could do all that and not have to do the all the stuff they did in this movie. You didn't have to have 
a lot of this crap. And I'm sure that just happened because of locations they were able to get a hold of and had to come up with some story. But right. I totally agree. You could have this in one house, one setting, one night. Right. And it'd be more successful. Yeah. And, and I think you could even even simplify it more. Just have sure. Merv be doing a bunch of phone calls to her just like yeah. Black Christmas. Right. Let's intercut between them so we can see how fucking weird he is. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah, you put the finale uh, in the barn, and you yeah. want the tits and ass. Oh, okay, you put her in the white t-shirt with just panties on, white or the the white button-up panties. It, okay, it, you got it all. <laughs> mm, you got it all, and Tiny Tim. <laughs> well, yeah, we we got we got that and so much more. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Ricky. So. As the guest, man, um, I got to know, what, what's kind of your, your final take on this, and, and what rating would you give this? Well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, this became kind of the norm there for a while. This is kind of the the stepping out of the greatness of the 80s and stepping into that lull of lore-grade horror flicks being made. Right. So it kind of fits into that that area. Um, I would like to say it, it's one of the worst things I've seen, but since being on short bus cinema, it's not <laughs> even close. <laughs> so I've seen a whole lot worse than this. It, it, it's definitely got its issues. Um, I don't know. This is one to really revisit. Um, but again, I've seen a lot worse. So I, I you know, I, I, it's just kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, as far as a rating, I don't know, maybe, we're out of five stars, right? Yeah, one to five stars. Half stars allowed. Uh, let's let's say I don't know, maybe two and a half stars. How about okay. 14, 14 half stars? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, as for myself, um, I I'm actually somewhat torn with this one because, like I, I said. Yeah. I like the idea behind the plot, the idea behind it. Um, but this just gets so sleazy and rapey. Uh, I mean, does for, make it odd. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I, I actually think the actors are pretty decent, and there's no pun intended with the pretty. I mean, getting back to the rapey sleazy, but right. <laughs> uh, I think the kills are actually pretty good. They're a bit repetitive, but they're yeah. still good. We talked about that. Uh, there's one or two really nice shots in this. And as crazy as it may sound, I think Tiny Tim is fucking great in this. Yeah, you know, for for what he was given, uh, he did his job. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, he's He was creepy enough. Uh, you know, barrettes and all in his hair. I mean, it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It it worked, and, and, you know, I think because we have grown up seeing so many movies like this, we knew right off the bat it wasn't him. Right. You know, um, it was just way too obvious. Somebody that's this messed up, if he was killing a bunch of people, wouldn't be hanging out, you know, at an auction <laughs> with a bunch of farmers and stuff, you know, just, just being accepted as one of the local wackos. You know, they'd be more reclusive like our other character was. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think it just is one of those that tried to be clever, 
I think it, I think it tried too hard. Besides what it is, you know what I it mean? It really did. It yeah. it was too ambitious for what right. it was capable of. And I hate that the killer's a one-trick pony because it's like the only way he knew to kill people was to, you know, hang them up and slit their throat. It's like, man, if you were really, you know, really angered by this stuff, you wouldn't matter how you did it, you know? Yeah. So the the method of doing that, I guess maybe they tried to show that too with him killing off, what was it, Beulah or Bertha or whatever the pig's uh, name Beulah, was. Beulah the pig, yeah. 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 So I don't know. Uh, I think they even tried to explain that. And I think all the explanation stuff just kind of hurts it. Just let it be what it is, man. Yeah. The, the mystery would help this. But yeah, uh, like I said, the soft core sleaziness of this was just it's a bit too much for my taste. If if yeah. they would have given us a bit more tension and horrific elements and maybe one less rapey scene, I could have really got behind this film. I really could have, which yeah. is shocking for me to say that. But no, again, I th- I think you're right because, like you said, it it it's it really does make you think of like how the devil or something like that that kind of film. But uh, yeah, the 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 porn kind of feel to it <laughs> just kind of makes it really odd. You it know? does. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean that's the only thing that when you walk away from the movie, that's the thing that ends up sticking out in your head was. Wow, there was just way too much weird groping <laughs> going on, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, that's why I'm saying, man, it was either Bill wasn't getting any, or his producer was from porn or something, because th- yeah. there's something off on that set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm I'm right in line with you. I'm giving it two and a half stars as well. All right, cool. I did good then. Yeah. <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> <laughs> And you are completely right. Uh, even for our slasher summer, I've seen far worse than this. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've seen some for, you know, they just take a slab of, you know, chopped ham and throw it on their face and go, look at that effect. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. The the one that uh, airs during this show before is Happy Hell Night. And that is just such a mess of a film. It, uh, it's a co-production between Eastern Europe and Canada. And you can tell they were not on the same page. Yeah, what could go wrong there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's actually talk about what we we get from eighty eight films here. Um, I'll go first because I actually did some research and whatnot. Uh, I don't think this transfer is the best um, that I've seen from them at all, by far. I mean, that's obvious. Um, it's also not their fault. I mean, this is a real low budget film. It was shot yeah. on 16 millimeter and the director at one point even went back and tried to alter this. So who knows the quality of the uncut negative they could get. So yeah. I can't really blame them. Uh, the picture is grainy, but the colors and details are all there. They're clear. Uh, there is obviously print damage, but None of it's really all that distracting. I mean, if you're watching this movie, it, it's not going to bother you. And for me, yeah. I actually think it actually added to the film. I think it made it a little bit better. <laughs> Just added to the the atmosphere of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times, and, and that's something that kind of worries me about us being able to, to go back and do all this remastering and stuff. Because some of these movies, a lot of the impact of them is the fact of it feels seedy, you know, 
this movie yeah. in particular, I can see where that pays off. It's kind of like a last house on the left. Mm-hmm. Do I really want a real clean, non-gritty version of Last House on the Left? Because when I think of that movie, I think of gritty. And right. kind of the same deal here. It, it, it kind of pays off with the kind of film it is. The sleazy, you know, uh, draft house kind of nastiness of it, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I I can see why we go back and do all this remastering, but sometimes that can hurt it. Can you imagine how nasty this thing looked on video? You know, on VHS, I mean, it probably, you know, really enhanced the badness of it to a degree. And when I say badness, I mean all the the uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. So uh, made it feel more like a snuff film or whatever. I imagine it did. It it probably just felt like you were watching somebody that just took a camcorder and it's like, I'm going to fuck with this girl. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, you know, I guess if that's kind of what they were going for – Maybe that would have made it more effective, but apparently it wasn't that effective or we would have been talking about this movie 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, As for the sound, uh, I think it's nice. It's clean. I didn't have any issues with that. Um, The special features that we're given are uh, a little different with this one. (laughs) We get a quote unquote behind the scenes segment, which is basically uh, clips of Tiny Tim. Uh, two interviews with him and one interview with the director and about one minute of behind-the-scenes footage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there wasn't a lot laying around. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, and uh, the other special features are just two performances by Tiny Tim and an alternate opening credit sequence. That's it. Mm. So if you're a big Tiny Tim fan, man, they got your fucking back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can see them lining up now. <laughs> well, I I do actually like the fact that they have the 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 rap party where Tiny Tim was just like, you know what, I'm gonna put on a performance. <laughs> uh, no thanks, Tiny. We uh, we appreciate it, but uh, let's just drink and talk, okay? You sang all the way through the movie. Let's let's not do this. <laughs> well, my favorite part is if you watch it, there's two elderly gentlemen backing him up, and it. They had no idea what they were signing up for. That is obvious. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm I'm just still amazed that somebody like that made it. I don't even know if you would call it made it, but I mean, <laughs> Tiny Tim is a popular name for some reason. And I still haven't figured it out. I I have no idea. I he's one of a kind, and that is the one. Yeah, thing maybe that's what it is. Because I mean, come on. Who would in their right mind would say, hey, Tiny, sing us another tune, would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Um, Real quick, just to close this out uh, for the actual release. Uh, this is actually the only Blu-ray currently available of Blood Harvest. So there you go for that. Um, However... Uh, just before this Halloween, uh, Vinegrome Syndrome will be releasing this, but theirs is going to be a brand new 4K transfer. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're also offering a commentary track with the co-writer. This actually had more than one writer and the producer. So the guy that came from porn, in my opinion, is <laughs> going to be doing a commentary. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and again, it's one of those 
It's one of those things where I just go, why? Who in the right mind needs a 4K transfer of this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can think of a thousand movies out there that need 4K. Not this one. Right. (laughs) I would almost like to see Hobgoblins in 4K before this. (laughs) (laughs) There there are countless films that deserve it before this, but... Okay, what blows my mind, this is getting a 4K transfer and release... You're lucky if you can find Monster Squad on fucking Blu-ray. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's just, that. That's what, and I'm sure it's all about what you can get your hands on. You know, right? If you can get your hands on it, and if you can get the original transfer, that way you can do whatever you want to with it. But come on, man. <laughs> if it if it's that easy to get, it probably doesn't need to be 4K. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so um. Yeah, if you're a fan of this one, I actually recommend you not grab this one. Just wait and actually check out some of the reviews of the upcoming 4K release. Check out the transfer, see what one you like better, which one has better special features, and go from there. Because I can't really say yet, this one's not out. So I can't advise you guys, unless you absolutely need it right now, I say wait. Um, But past that, if you're just curious (laughs) to see this softcore whore sleazy flick with tiny tim in it just check it out online it's available for free on youtube um it's on shutter it, it you can find it pretty easy guys and <laughs> i've said before if you're looking for shit to put on for your halloween party this is one to put on a, a great one for yeah. the halloween party. sure yeah, because I guarantee everybody's going to be watching it and going, what is this? <laughs> yeah, people Even if they be... know who Tiny Tim isn't or not. I mean, <laughs> it's just that bizarre of a film. Yeah, people are going to be drinking, talking, walking around, and they're just going to see this crazy fucking shit going on. And that's what it should be during a Halloween party. You know, yeah. you, you pair this with Happy Hell Night just to... That's towards the end of the night. You 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 kick shit off with something like this, freaks. You you really show people how fucking weird Halloween can be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Ricky, man, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I really just have to say it's been a true joy. <laughs> Uh, man this was a lot of fun i I appreciate you asking me on and and uh who knows man i mean maybe this will make this movie become popular (laughs) i doubt it (laughs) Uh, we're trying we're trying tiny tim we're trying our best to keep your legacy alive uh, well, I, honestly, I'd rather this continue on than his music. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of it, and I do actually think Tiptoe Through the Tulips is creepy when used right. Thank you, James Wan. But past right. that, yeah, this is what you should be remembered for. This really sleazy fucking weird horror film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. One of a kind. One of a kind. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Thank you so much. It's been a real fucking pleasure. And actually, I hope to have you back on at some point. Hey, yeah. Just give me a shout, man. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's my name. And I'll do my best to entertain you with magic and laughter.
because that's my game. I can light up the sky each day at sunrise and darken the clouds when it's time to rain. That's some of the magic I have mastered. I'll show you the rest when you call my name. I wanna make the whole world laugh, even if the laugh's on me. Oh, I paint a smile upon my face, there for everyone to see. So put a smile on your face, like your old friend Mervo, whenever you're feeling alone and blue. Like marvelous Mervo, you'll soon discover a smile can do magical things for you. You're you're still here. Where where the fuck did you come from? I'm, I, I mean, we I, we just did all those reviews, and now you're just like, but I'm here. I'm tired. I listened to all this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all like this is uh, pre-recorded or anything. You know, like recorded in advance. I wanted I wanted to ask I wanted to ask Ricky if he was doing his segment. From his car. Rabbit and red under my wheels. Mm. Yeah. I was riding his car. I assume that's what passes as wit for you, right? Probably. Um, (laughs) I wonder if Jason was talking from the bloodstream cave. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, you know, and there was like a stream of blood that was like going down behind him like a waterfall the entire time. Like, ah, the blood. The blood is the life, Michael. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Cody, well, I was there for Cody, so I know what Cody's saying. Yeah, sadly. Hmm. But. I really hope you guys enjoyed our slasher summer, our look at the 88 film slasher classics. Um, it was a lot of fun. I think if we do this again next year, uh, it might be more isolated to a month and we will definitely do something different besides 88 films. However, I do kind of like the idea of also looking at releases and, and the quality of them. So yeah, we'll just have to see what we do with shit like that. Although I will push for another Full 88 film slasher summer. Yeah, they, they, they have that. great releases coming out. They have uh, Popcorn is coming out. Um, Fuck that movie. Weeks. 
Um, actually, there you'll be happy to know this, which their their disc is an exact replica of the Synapse Films disc, <laughs> and it is region free. Because I, I was looking on their website, and a lot of the like bonus features is like under license from Synapse Films. The transfer on the disc is under license from Synapse Films. I'm like, ooh, really? Okay, I'm so still it's gonna the one dip. that we already have. Yeah, but I'm still gonna double dip and get it again. Ugh. And then they have um, what the fuck's the other one? Student Bodies is number forty. <sighs> yeah, like I said, I think we'll do something different, but. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Many more to come. Yeah. All right. Everyone, thank you so much for listening the entire way through this. Thank you guys yeah. for uh, listening to the Slasher Summer. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, we will be tackling the Halloween franchise and a bunch of other shit. And then uh, right, around, what, right around uh, Christmas time, we are going to be taking on a Marvel. So. Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> I know, I know that was planned as, as one thing, and John had we uh, had decided to adjust, and I am totally fine with his adjustment because I feel like that will be better for everyone involved. Right. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, thank you guys for listening, um, and as always, we are a proud member of Legion Podcasts, and oh, I guess yeah. we can start saying uh, uh, the Rabbit and Red Network now. Rabbit and Red Radio Network, if you're going to say, get it right. I, I, I guess we can say that. I mean, uh, who really gives a shit because it's our network? But anyway, we're proud members of both. Thank right. you guys for supporting either one. I'm, um, more, I'm more proud to be on Legion, but, <laughs> you know. Um, it's not as half-assed. No, it's not. Uh, this is just more half-assed for, you know, just other... It, it's the outcasts. Yeah, exactly. It's the out. <laughs> you know what? We should just change the name to the Outcast Network. <laughs> I'm gonna look into that. No, no, no. Anyway, um, we appreciate shit. you guys, uh, I, and uh, stay tuned and stay spooky. Yes, Felicia abound. Yes. Keep it creepy.
<gasps> that was horrible. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.